God bless everyone. God bless everyone. I am coming to you on a mighty platform, um, under a mighty covering, with a mighty God and a mighty word that I believe will bring you clarity in areas of your life where you might have been seeking clarity. So I want to invite you as we prepare for the word to share this message now. You know, sometimes I'm watching live stream and halfway through Papa's teaching, the numbers start to rise, people start to come in, come into the service. And I think what happens is the message starts and it starts getting good and then somebody's like, oh, I gotta share this. I know somebody that needs to hear this, but I'm telling you prophetically now, already send that to that person. Amen. Already send it. Because you don't wanna be having to send the message to them and then later on saying, go back and watch from the beginning so you Come can on. get the full understanding. Yeah, yeah. So send it now, share now. Um, I wanna give gratitude first to God who is supreme over everything Amen. and to his prophet my Amen. spiritual father, Papa Lovi Elia, the prophet that has a mandate yes. of God to make people of fire and not on fire. I honor the grace of him choosing me tonight to speak this word to you. And as a parent, um, I'll just say this, as a parent, I, have, I became a mother three years ago and then again a year ago. And it took me till... Friday to leave my children alone <laughs> with my, just with my husband, okay? <laughs> He's a great husband. He's a great father. And I thank God for his grace Amen. as well because I would not have been able to do this had he not stepped in and stepped up and went over and beyond this week so that I could have time to prepare yes. this word um, without the distraction of toddlers um, for you guys. But I say that to say our prophet for seven years, mm every Thursday mm. night has been delivering fresh words from the Lord for Amen. every single one of us to Amen. grow. Amen. He's a parent that has taken very good care of his children. If you're a parent, you know that it's a little bit easier as your children grow in maturity to, to leave them in the care of someone else so you can accomplish something else of something more than yourself. Come on. So it takes some time. So in our infancy, he was a good father and he, he carried us in our infancy. But let me tell you something. As a mother and as one who is a daughter of Aaliyah, there is no parent who would leave their child in the hands of someone. No good parent, which no. I know our father is a good father. Come on now. Our Papa is a good father, right? Yes. Amen. Yes. I know he would not leave his children Come on. in the care of someone that he has not already given instruction to, not already given guidance to, and not already seen fit by the Spirit of God to leave them in the care of. So I just want to encourage you that with all of the apostles and the prophets and the teachers and the pastors and the evangelists that God is raising up in this ministry, you're in good hands. Yes, yes. Amen. You are in good hands because, amen. amen, because it's not even our hands that you're in, right? It's God's hands that yes. you're in. And, it's, and you're still under that same covering. And, and I, just, I just thank God because I, I, I'm encouraged that our Papa is going higher. And um, I'm encouraged that he made us ready. And I'm encouraged that the time is now Amen. for us to answer that call. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And you know, Papa said something last week. 
And I don't know if, if we all caught it. I was like, ooh, caught it. Um, <laughs> but when he talked about how when Moses poured his spirit on the elders, right, mm -hmm. on the 70, he said there was some outside the court that still got the impartation. And I just thank God that just as you saw Apostle Mike, my big brother in the, in the call of God, just as you saw my big brother JT come, my Apostle JT come, I just thank God that just as you've seen me come tonight, that this portion that God has poured out on us, that those of you who are close to the court, that those of you who are close, that you will receive that dispensation as well in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank God that the portion that you have the capacity to receive, that you will receive it. And that and I've already seen, I've already seen the evidence of it. I already have friends that are close to me that since Papa has given us this call and, and sent us on this call and sent us on this mission and mandate, I'm getting text messages from, from people and calls from people where revelation is pouring into them more. People in this ministry, uh, a friend of mine, a very close friend of mine, began prophesying and God sent on a prophetic mission to a friend. It is already yours. Yeah. I'm here to tell you it's already yours. Yeah, so yeah. glorify God with us Hallelujah. in this increase and know that it is for every single one of yes. us that is a person of fire that has been created as a child of fire under this ministry. Amen. 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 I am very, very excited to bring this word to you. Um, <laughs> I'll say uh, when Papa told me that I was going to be speaking, um, if anybody knows Papa Lo, you guys know he's very direct, very direct. Um, he's not a beat around the bush, second guess it kind of person, um, even in his personality, but especially not under his uh, calling and under his um, mantle. So when he told me that I was speaking, he said it just so straightforward and matter of factly, and I was like, okay. And I was literally like a deer in headlights. I just said, yes, yes, sir. And I turned and looked away, and I thought, oh no, what did he say? <laughs> and then I went and I said, oh, let me clarify real quick. Uh, Papa, just so I can make sure I know what you're saying, mm -hmm. are you saying I'm uh, opening mm -hmm. for somebody on Thursday? <laughs> and he said, no, not a quarter, a whole service. <laughs> and I said, okay, amen, I received. And then I, and then I told my husband, you got to have the kids. Uh, <laughs> um, but when, you, when it comes to clarity, the good thing about a good parent is they don't deprive their children of clarity. You know, you're not reprimanded for needing understanding. Yeah. You're not reprimanded for needing to uh, get clear instructions. Um, even if a question seems foolish or unwise, it's better to get an understanding than to operate under the wrong mandate. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? Is, yes. I, is everybody hear what I'm saying? I feel like I'm talking to myself. Yes. All right. So clarity is, is something that belongs to children and, uh, and that a good parent will give freely. Amen. Uh, you're going to hear a lot of references to parenting because I've been a housewife for three years, so that's where a lot of my references come from. <laughs> but <laughs> when my children, when I ask them to do something, um, spe specifically my oldest, um, who's three and is talking now, if you've ever dealt with a toddler, you know they love that question, why? Mm -hmm. Right? They love mm -hmm. to get to Amen. that question, why? Now, sometimes that question is just a deterrent to doing what I told him to do, in which case I don't have time to answer that because mm -hmm. you're just trying to beat around the bush. But when he's truly trying to get understanding, 
after I've asked, after he just asks me something, I take the time on the level of his understanding to break down for him why. So if I say, SJ, you, you, you can't go over there right now. Or SJ, let's say he, he's playing with his blocks and I say, come here. And if he says why, although sometimes I get a little upset, I <laughs> take a moment and I begin to explain to him why he needs to obey me. And I'm seeing him gradually begin to understand that more. I'll explain in a way that he can understand something like, I'm your mother and I have your best interest at heart and I've got something better for us to do right now. I know the blocks sound fun, but I have a plan and a mission that you can't see. I can see farther than you. I know I want you to come so we can get your shoes on, so we can go out to the park, so you can get some fresh air, so you can get some exercise. My plan, you want to play with these blocks right here. You want to stay in one spot. But God has a plan for you that is beyond what you have for yourself. But he's a good father. And he knows that in the process of moving from infancy to adulthood, there are stages. Amen. Amen. There are stages in maturity. Yes. And I think a lot of times as believers, we only think about the babes in Christ and the powerful, mighty people of God that are ready to go. And there's all these these stages in between. But God, he is a God that graciously guides us through those stages. And everything when you're an infant, when you come into this world as an infant, Every single thing that happens in your world mm -hmm. is evidence to you that it's all about you. Right? right? Who has, you have children. You cry, somebody comes and gives you some milk. The milk tastes good and you're good. You cry again, somebody runs. They don't want to hear that crying, they run and they give you a new diaper. Uh -huh. Somebody, uh, you, you cry again, somebody puts you to sleep, lulls you to sleep. Mm -hmm. And I believe that a lot of believers, they enter the faith in the same way, mm -hmm. where even when you come into the faith, yeah. there is a level of, JT said it good, it's personal and not pur purposeful when mm -hmm. you first come in. Mm -hmm. Because it is the way that God, his goodness draws us to repentance, mm -hmm. right? Amen. So it's his goodness that makes you come. It's the sweet taste of milk mm -hmm. that makes you comforted in the mm -hmm. beginning. When you're in your infancy in Christ, it's just that, that good taste, that good flavor. Yeah. And what ends up happening around that one year mark, everything flips on you. That's why you see what people say, the terrible twos, the terrible threes, because your whole, the, the whole world, they culture shock you. First, they're waiting on you hand and foot. Now you want to touch something and they say no, pop. Whoa, wait a minute, I thought I was in charge. I thought it was my will. I thought it was what I wanted. For a year, you guys have been doing everything I want every time I cry. Yeah. Yeah. Now you cry and somebody comes and says, stop all that crying. You ain't crying about nothing, mm -hmm. right? Wow. Don't we say that to our children? Come mm -hmm. on, anybody whose parents knows. Amen. Right, a two-year-old crying, an annoying cry that's not out of need right. is not the same as an infant who needs the milk. Yeah. Even as early as three months, infants can begin to manipulate. Yes. You ever see yes. it? They, they cry and then you come yeah. in the room and then they laugh. I just wanted to see if you were come. And, and it's because they're, they're, they're tossed by their emotions. And that's the same with a lot of believers who are infants in the Come faith on. and moving out of infancy into toddlerhood. Wow. The Bible says, may we grow up yes. 
in the faith. Maybe grow yeah. up and I call, move from milk to meat. But what happens is it's very hard to wean a child because they still like the taste of milk. I feel like I'm talking to myself. Are y'all hearing me? I, so they still desire that taste of milk because it feels good. Mm -hmm. It's sweet. Yeah. It tastes good. Yeah. But at a certain point, it cannot fill you up. Uh-huh. Amen. Amen. At a certain point, you cannot grow anymore on milk alone. Amen. Amen. Even six months in, you have to introduce solids. And then Amen. you have to introduce meat so that you can actually begin to grow. Amen. So, so many believers... We are led by our emotions yeah. Yeah. and we're in the faith and God loves us so much and we're so close. We are brought close to him. But, but the issue is that now you're seeing believers in this world having temper tantrums. Come on now. Mm. Yes. Yes. Because they're in toddlerhood wow. and they're, they're overgrown and somebody yeah. comes and they hear them cry. And instead of giving them the meat that they need, like our prophet Elovi, Lovi Aliyah has given us the meat that we need to yeah, grow yeah, in this ministry. Instead of giving them meat, yeah. they give them more milk. Yeah, yeah. But no matter, it doesn't matter how much milk you give a toddler, they still need more food. Yeah. They still need solids. Yes. So we're constantly pacifying. And then every 15 minutes, they need more milk. Every 15 minutes, they need a new hashtag. Every 15 minutes, they need a new movement. And they never partnered with the move of God in their life Amen. to begin with. Amen. They never transitioned Come on from now. not my will, yes. but your will. Amen. They never graduated to that level. Mm. That's why we are seeing all of these social justice warriors, whatever you want to call it, that proclaim to be the, the children of God, having tantrums yes. at their fingertips. How dare they call him their father, their spiritual father? How dare they care about worship? How dare they? Why? Because your will, you still think that's what it's about. And you haven't taken time to discover what God's will is. But I'm here to tell you that anyone that is an infant, a toddler, or knows one, that tonight by this word, we're going to grow up. Amen. But tonight by this word, Amen. you're going to have the power of God. The power of God. Amen. Because an adult can walk in power. Yeah. An adult can take a situation that is not favorable and move it. An Come infant on. has no protection. Yeah. Why would you want to remain in, in infancy and milk when there is power to be had in adulthood? Mm -hmm. your some of you, your situation has remained the same because you're using the baby fists to fight it. Come on, amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> that's not... That's not what you can use. You need to use a mighty hand of God. Yeah. And the only way you can be a vessel for that mighty hand is if you grow up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. God's not going to put all of his, 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 pour out his spirit in entirety into a baby. That would destroy them. That would destroy them. So if you want to go higher, I want you to type amen, I'm going higher. Amen. If you want to go higher, type amen, I'm going higher. I'm going higher. I'm going higher. So... I'm, I'm really excited because um, that was just the first intro. Um, <laughs> that was the word. Um, I'm really excited because uh, when it comes to clarity, the Lord just even just told me uh, the first level of clarity is definition. The first level of clarity in anything, if I say, 
um, what is this podium? You would give me the definition. It's a place where you can stand and put your books while you teach the word of God. Mm -hmm. If I said, what is this screen? What is, you would explain with the definition. And then if the definition were not sufficient and I needed more information, then you would give me more detail and you would be able to answer any questions I had. So that's what we're gonna look at tonight. We're gonna look, we're gonna move through different levels of clarifying the calling, amen? Amen. Because a lot of you that are watching and in this room have a mighty call of God on your life. Amen. I'm here to tell you and be a witness to it that your call of God is beyond what you could have even imagined or thought. Amen. And God is going to release tonight the grace for you to walk in it more exactly and closer to his will. Amen. 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 So uh, let's turn to Exodus. Let's go to chapter three and let's start at verse 10. So um, when you're called, the process of being called, um, there's steps to it, mm -hmm. right? The first part of being called by implication means that you were somewhere else, uh, right? Yes. If you're called to somewhere, it means that you were somewhere else. Yes. Yes. Amen? Yes. Yes. So it means that you need to be called out of something, Amen. right? Amen. Amen. So we have to know that every one of us might have had situations that we have been in, might have had families that we have been in, might have had cities that we have been in. Yeah. But we have to know that when God is preparing to call us, uh -huh. that he will have a process of taking you out. Amen. And God doesn't just take you out, he takes you up. Amen? Amen. 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 He takes you up. He so we see we're here in, in chapter 3. Moses, and I love how it starts. Um, actually, can you actually start, just go to verse one of chapter three first. And can you read, or who's reading? Thank you. Exodus three, verse one. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. Okay, stop right there. Can you read the first part of that one more time? Now Moses kept the flock okay. of Jethro. Okay, stop right there. A lot of times, we even miss the initial calling because we're doing something and we don't allow God to interrupt us. Mm -hmm. Moses was doing something. He was busy. He was doing something good. Mm -hmm. He was serving his father-in-law. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But God called him higher. The first process is that you have to allow yourself to be interrupted by the call of God. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's good. You have to allow your plan and your path Come and on. your will to be interrupted Amen. by the call of God Amen. before Amen. you can even come up higher into him. And I'm sensing that there's some people who are I'm seeing that there's some people who have been caught up in the things of the world. I love that message yesterday. I'm in, not of the world. Yes. T take the world, give me Jesus. Mm -hmm. Some Amen. of us have been caught up. We've been busy. We've been too preoccupied with the things of the world that God's been calling and waiting on the mountain 
for us to ascend into the hill, but we have not even been able to go because we have placed the importance on what we want to do more than what he's calling us to do. Amen. But I'm here to tell you that God, his call for you, it is, there's still time for you to complete it. Amen? Amen. Amen. So the first process of being called is that you have to allow yourself to be interrupted. I love my, uh, and I thank God too for my mama, uh, sp my spiritual mother, uh, Mama Maggie. Um, and I, I just, I really desired in my heart to have like a woman of God that could help me grow. Uh -huh. And I'm so thankful that he sent her. Amen. Because one thing she said to me um, once, it has stuck with me because I, I was convicted of it. She said, we have to make God a need to and not a want to. Amen. Everyone else can pull from you and you will go to them. But with God, you won't. And it struck me in my core because I was like, oh, that's, that's me. Everybody else, every toddler, every husband, everybody that needs something, I'm on it, I'm on it, I'm on it, I'm on it. But with God, there was too much of, uh, I, I, I guess I can pray later. There was too much scrambling because of the importance of what I had placed in my life. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Amen. And, I, and so God began to break down to me, well, what things do you see as needs in your life? He simplified it for me like a child. What things do you see as needs in your life? Well, I was like, well, I need to eat. And he was like, and do you interrupt your daily life to eat? And I was like, yeah. If I'm hungry enough, I tell those babies to sit down. <laughs> and I give me some food, and I make me a sandwich. What about having to go to the bathroom? I'm sorry, I mean, we're, we're all, you know. If I have to go, I go right away. Amen. There's a song SJ listens to. It's a Daniel Tiger song. It goes, if you have to go potty, stop and go right away, right? Because you got to go. When you got to go, you got to go. They teach even toddlers that when you got to go, go when you got to go. <laughs> but with God, I can put it off. Mm -hmm. But he said, just make me a, like, liken me unto a physiological need. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's, good. That's, That's real good. good. Because your, your physiological needs, to be honest, are not even as important. As God. The Bible says, what does Come it say? On. Physical e exercise profits little. Yeah, amen. But spiritual growth profits much. So amen. even the physical body is not as important as the spiritual one. Amen. So he said, just make me, just make me a need. And he also said, listen, I'm not trying to over you're not gonna be all, all at once where your papa is. But yeah. allow yourself to be interrupted throughout the day, just as you're interrupted to eat, just as you're interrupted to just go take a moment in the bathroom for yourself. Just as you're interrupted to go take a shower. Just amen. allow yourself. You don't have to be gone. For two weeks, uh -huh. but just, excuse me, I got to go real quick and go and run to me, run to me with the eagerness that you run yeah, to your own good. needs. Yeah. Run to me. God is saying, run to me yes. with the eagerness that you run to your own needs. Yes. That's all he wants us to do. All he wants is to be more important Amen. than the other stuff. So good. And he already is. Amen. But is he to you? Yeah. Is he to you? Amen. If God is more important to you than anything in your life, I want you to type, he's more important. He is more important. He is more important. He is more important. So we see that Moses first had to allow himself to be interrupted. Uh, we're going to skip ahead. I, if anybody is um, familiar with this text, I thank God I, that many of us are in Christ and have had the opportunity to grow up in Christ. Um, 
my father growing up, my father is a pastor, my mother is a woman of God, and I'm thankful that they gave me that foundation. Um, but if there's anyone who might be an infant in the faith, um, might not be a believer yet, but tonight you will be, um, then I encourage you to come and read this text because there's so many levels, let me tell you, mm -hmm. so many levels of revelation in this. Um, but we're going to skip ahead for, for time's sake and go to verse 10. Verse 10. Exodus 3, verse 10. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Wait, stop. I'm sorry, we're going to have to really break it down. Start just verse 10 again. Come now, therefore. Stop right there. So we know that he's been interrupted. We know he's been taken out of, out of something. But God is calling him to himself. He's saying, come. It is God that we have to come to to receive any call from. It is God that we have to come to. There are people who have come. There are people who have been interrupted, but it's not been God that has interrupted you. Mm. It's not been God that's mm -hmm. interrupted you. It's been your fears. Mm. Come on. It's been your worries. Come on, come on. It's been your emotions that have interrupted you. So before you can even go on a call from God, you got to make sure it's him you're coming unto. Amen? Amen. Continue. Come. Start from come. Come now, therefore. And I will send thee unto Pharaoh. And I will send thee unto Pharaoh. Uh -huh. What you have to understand is that the reason why it needs to be God that you come to, God said, I will send you. Yeah. The reason why it needs to be God is that whatever has the power to send you becomes your God. Mm -hmm. Whatever has the power to send you That's anywhere deep. is God. It That's becomes deep. your God. It's That's God deep. to you. So... When you, when you look, at, uh, when you look at, at the world that we live in and you think about what happens when people are sent by things that are not God, what happens when, when enemies flee, they scatter in seven directions, uh -huh. right? So you see there's this scattering amongst us, right? People are being tossed to and fro by yeah. every wind of doctrine. Why? Because it was not God that sent them. Yeah, come on, come on. Mm -hmm. So the first part of this clarity that we have of the calling is that the calling is out of something that you have to be able to be interrupted by. It's unto God and it's out from God. Right there at the foundation we have that. So if you're doing a checklist in your mind, I got a call from God and you're in this process and you already are like, ooh, I don't know, then this is the message that's going to help you recalibrate, resituate, and get on the right path. Amen? Amen. Because if you're sent by God, it doesn't look like the world. It doesn't look like scattered thoughts. It doesn't look like confusion. It looks like a straight path with a destination in mind. Amen? A destination in the will of God. A destination in the power of God. It doesn't look like failure after failure after failure because our God fails not. So if you're called by God, these are the signs that you will know that you are called by him. Amen. And I read from the beginning of 10. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh. Stop. We're going to take our time tonight. <laughs> I will send thee unto Pharaoh. Uh -huh. The next characteristic of, being, of the calling is that you are called to be sent. Come on. You are not called to remain. You're called to be sent, and you're called to be sent unto an obstacle. 
Pharaoh represents an obstacle. Pharaoh represents a problem that you're being sent to as the answer to that problem, as the solution to that problem. God is not just sending you on a wild goose chase. He's sending you to a problem. He's sending you to that poverty. He's sending you to that sickness. He's sending you to that doubt. He's sending you to that fear. He's sending you to your mother's kidney problems. He's sending you to your father's back pain. He's sending you to your children's disobedience. He's sending you, he's sending you out to a problem. And not just a problem. And not just a problem, but a God-sized problem that will necessitate the manifested power of him at working you. Pharaoh didn't just recommend, Pharaoh wasn't just a problem. Pharaoh was a barrier to the entire children of Israel being able to come out of Egypt. Come on, yes. It's a God-sized problem. Some of you, your problem is just too small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God doesn't get any glory from it. You could do that. Come on now. You could do that. Come on. That's deep. I'm talking about the God of fire, the God of living fire. You ever see those flamethrowers, those 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 uh, flares? I would not take a flare and kill a gnat. That's just ridiculous. What I look like trying to kill a gnat with a, with a flamethrower. I look ridiculous. I'm gonna blow the whole house up. And you over here, fire on your gnat. God is sending you to a God-sized problem that necessitates his involvement that necessitates his involvement in the process. That's deep. You're called, you're called to be sent. You're not called uh, to to stay. And if you're called to be sent, you're not called to be sent in seven directions. You're called to be sent to a fixed point, to a focus problem that you are sent to tear down. Who here tonight is ready to tear down every obstacle? Who here tonight is ready to tear down every pharaoh? Who here tonight is ready to tear down every obstacle in their way? Amen. 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 Now start from 10 again. (laughs) Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. God, let me taste this word, Jesus. It's like fire shut up in my bones. Let me tell you something. You are not called to be sent to an obstacle without a purpose. Come on. If you are being called by God, it is going to be for a purpose. It's going to have purpose in it. My Papa Lo just said it last week. The blessing is never without purpose. Yes. It's the same with the calling. The calling and the blessing go hand in hand. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't happen without purpose. That's not the kind of God we serve. Everything he does is purpose. You were purposed. Yeah. You were purposed. And I feel like I'm talking to someone right now. Yeah. Yeah. You've been telling yourself for years yeah. that you were not on purpose. Come on. Even your parents have told you that you were not on purpose. Prophesy. Oops, you were an accident. But God is saying, I am the one that forms you. I am the one that instills purpose. And I never do anything without purpose. Yes. You have breath in your body. You have purpose in your life. 
And I'm here to tell you tonight that your purpose, it will be accomplished in the name of Jesus. Just as my spiritual father, the fire that he has placed in me, just as the fire of God that is in me, just as sure as I am of that, I am sure that your purpose will be accomplished. Amen. Amen. You are sent to a purpose. Bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And notice the purpose. The purpose, not only is it not about you, but it's to bring people where you have been. You've gone up into the mountain, but what, what does it matter if you go up there and no one else ever gets to go? Mm. If no one else gets to ascend? He says, come go on. get my people and come bring them. Bring them forth. Yeah. Bring them unto me too, because they have a purpose too. We don't want to be stingy with this grace of God that's on our life, right? We want to, we want to know that the, the life God has given us to live, that it's been purposeful and that it has brought people out of the obstacle. Yes. You are sent. So you are someone's answer. Yes. You are someone's rescue mission. Amen. Wow, 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 wow. Jesus. Yes. Amen. Wow. This is not, if anybody was new in the faith and you thought it was going to be super easy and um there was it was just gonna be about you um i'm not sorry but <laughs> let's go let's this go. is what it's really about it's not about us it's about more than us yes and it's yes. about bringing people out your whole family how sad would it be if they couldn't take part in the joy that you're experiencing does it does it heavy your heart uh, does it burden your heart uh, because it burdens his heart mm. enough to send you I thank God that we are near the voice of God to hear instruction in our life. Because when you're sent for, when you come unto God and you get instruction and you get that clarity, it's, you can't do it without the voice of God. Yeah. You can't do it without the, the active voice of God, yes. without uh, the, the present voice of God, uh -huh. without the, 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 the ever-living, overflowing voice now. of God. Yeah. So I thank God that we have our spiritual father who hears his voice and that his voice is in us. Yes. I thank God that we're believers that know that God still speaks come on, amen. and that God is not afraid of our questions. Yes, yes. That he does not cower away from our questions. Amen. 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 So now that you have clarified uh, that you are on the call, actually, you know what? I just want to make it really clear for someone because sometimes you think you're in the call of God uh -huh. and you are in the call of the world. You're in the mission of the world. Mm -hmm. And the way that you know, I asked God, I said, well, how do people, how are people gonna know if they're in the mission of the world versus the mission of God? And he said, the mission of the world satisfies the will of the world. Mm -hmm. And the mission of God satisfies the will of God. It's just that simple. You know, sometimes God can tell you something and it feels so simple, but it's so rich because that's how you can tell the difference. Does the mission that you put yourself behind, does uh -huh. it satisfy the will of the world or does it satisfy the will of God? And someone might say, well, what's the will of God? So look at Ephesians chapter one. 
Let's start with verse 9. Verse 9. Ephesians 1, verse 9. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, mm -hmm. according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. Wait. Uh -huh. So just so you know, in case somebody's telling you, you don't, you, there's no way to know the will of God, they haven't read Ephesians yet. So uh -huh. don't listen to them. Okay? Uh -huh. Go ahead. Start again. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will. He's made known to us the mystery of his will. Okay. According to his good pleasure, mm -hmm. which he hath purposed in himself, mm -hmm. that in the dispensation. This is the will. Go ahead. Of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Uh -huh. I'm sorry. Is it not plain right there? That the will of God is for us to be one in Christ, for us to have oneness in Christ. On. And you notice how the enemy perver per uh, perverts things, right? The enemy doesn't come and tell you that the mission is in oneness. Mm -hmm. He doesn't say oh, the, the mission is in oneness. Uh -huh. He just leaves off the in Christ part. Mm -hmm. The world, what's the will of the world? All together, all together, we're all one, we're all one. All one in what? I don't know if I want to be one with you. What are you right. one in? One. I don't want to be a partaker of yeah. one of everything. I don't want that. I, that sounds like scattered right. in seven directions. Right. That right. sounds like confusion. Amen. Amen. He perverts that one thing. Did, did God really say don't eat of the fruit? Did he really say oneness in Christ? Christians, children of God. Check yourself before you wreck yourself, like they used to say in the old times. <laughs> check it. Just check it, okay? I don't know if it's my emotions leading me into this or God. Okay, what is the purpose of this? What ac what's accomplished? Okay, uh -huh. if, I, uh -huh. if I post this hashtag, everybody becomes one. But nobody's one and cry. Uh, I got deceived. It's okay. I'm here to tell you it's okay. <laughs> God is good. He's making it clear for us. And that's our prayer. That's our call, that we become one yeah. in Christ. I thank, so, thank God so much for the children of this house. I was getting so many messages of encouragement today, yeah, yeah, so yeah. many messages of edification today with the love of Christ. And I felt at such oneness with all of you, yeah, all of you right. pouring into me, all of you speaking into me. That's what makes God happy, oneness in him. Oneness in him. Look if his will is being satisfied in your life. Does he, are you, you want your family to be one in Christ. Yes. You want your health to be whole or yes. one in God. Come on. You now. don't want it whole in some new age crystal. You want it whole in God. Yes. You want it whole in his word. You want your mission and your purpose in life to be focused and one in him. In him. In him, if we're not in Christ, we're in nothingness. Come on now, come on. He just said Amen. it yesterday. If it's not Jesus, it's a vanity and it fades. Yes. So the mission of God is made clear to us. So now we have the mission and we know we're called out. We know we're called into him. We know we're sent out of him unto an obstacle for the grace of someone else to be pulled forth where we are and for the will of God. Oh, yeah. What does he say? He wants them to come to serve God upon this mountain. You see later, the purpose is he wants them to come and serve him. He says, let my people go so that they may come and worship me. Yes, yes. Let my people go so that they may come and serve me. Yes, yes. What you're sent to is to those that God needs to be brought unto him so they can get their mission. Yes. Come on now. Yes. 
how they're going to get their mandate yes. and then the people that are attached to them and then attached to them. It's going to it needs to spread. It needs to spread, but it starts with you obeying your call because there's people attached to it. Right. This is a, a dire message right now yes, in this yes, time. You can go on to verse 11 now. Amen. Verse 11. In whom also we have obtained... Oh, I'm sorry. Go back to Exodus chapter 3. Oh, Exodus. Yeah. We just stopped off in Ephesians for a minute to make something clear. Exodus 3:11. Yes. And Moses said unto God, who am I that mm. I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? Stop. How dare he question God? No. Like we said earlier, God embraces our questions. He embraces them. He's not afraid of them. And Moses, now that he's gotten the definition of what a calling is, Come on. now he's got some questions that he needs answered so he can receive instruction. Right? He's got some questions. And the first question... This is for those who are already received the mandate and they're about to go out on their call. And these are some questions I have had and these are some questions I know that many of you have had. The first question God asks, I mean Moses asks God, is who am I? Mm -hmm. Who am I? The first question is the question of identity. Mm, come on. If you've ever been in a situation that has looked or seen, I should say, a, a call on your life, that's bigger than you could have imagined. Mm -hmm. You're familiar with that question because that call can be intimidating. You know, they say there's a uh, different responses to fear. There's, there's a uh, fight or flight, right? Uh -huh. But there's also freeze. Uh -huh. There's also freeze. Some of us have been frozen uh -huh. just after receiving the instruction because we looked at the call and we said, oh my God, who am I? Yeah. Who am I? <laughs> who am I? Who am I? So this is an indication to you that you have been called. Yeah. As if you've ever even asked that question. Amen. If there's ever been a situation in your life that has caused you to ask a question of your identity, yeah. then that's already evidence to you that you have been called by yes. God. Come on. But who knows in this room and online that we have a yeah. God that answers. Amen. That we have a God that is faithful to answer. Yes, yes. Amen. I'm excited about I'm excited. it. I got fire about it. Hallelujah. We have a God that answers. Uh -huh. So Moses said, who am I? Read verse 12. And this is God responding. And he said, certainly I will be with thee. Stop. Okay. All right, let me ask you. If I said to you, like you saw me, you said, oh, there's Jamie, there's Jamie Joseph walking down the street. And you came up to me and I said, I didn't know who I was anymore. And I said, who am I? What would you say? Jamie. You would say, you're Jamie, right? <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't say I'm with you, right? That yeah. doesn't seem like the right answer to that right. question, right? Yeah. But he's God, right? Uh -huh. So he knows better. So I had to ask him a question about his answer. I was like, God, why are you answering a question that has to do with identity with an answer that has to do with proximity? Come on, come on. With an answer that has to do with relationship, with an answer that has to do with intimacy. And God said, because intimacy is the answer to identity. Come on now. Wow. Intimacy 
is the answer to identity because intimacy births identity. Some of you are focused on who you are. Who am I? Who am I? And God is saying, I'm with you. And you're thinking that's not an answer. Yeah, you said that. You said that. But who am I? And it's too personal because you're thinking only in your own small mindedness. But God is saying that in that answer of being near me, in that answer of me being close with you, in that answer of me walking with you, in that answer of my power being made manifesting you, you ought to know something about yourself. If I would even spend time with you, you ought to know something about yourself. Ooh, come on, if I would man. even grace you with my presence, you ought to know something about yourself. There's too many parables that make this clear. Birds of a feather flock together. Bad company corrupts good character. We see it over and over and over again. Who you're with births who you are. That's why you don't want your kids hanging out with those other kids that's not doing right. <laughs> right. Ooh, you're going to act like them. Yeah. So intimacy births identity. Yes. It births it. Your oh identity. Wow. I'm here to tell you, you don't have to grapple with it anymore. Oh Those questions God. about who am I. Can I be honest? What gender am I? Those questions about who, who what am I called to? Am I, all those questions, what, what am I good enough? That answer is found in intimacy. Come on. With God. Amen. If you're close with God and intimacy births identity, then every day you become more and more and more and more and more and more and more on fire like the God of fire that we serve. This is a God that sent an angel to burn in a bush. This is a God of fire. This is a God of the prophet Lovi and Leah. This is a God that changes things. This is a God that is mighty. And that's who you're rolling with. Amen. Hallelujah. The intimacy, intimacy births identity. Come on. Now, start from verse 12. And he said, Certainly I will be with thee. Thank you, Jesus. And this shall be a token unto thee mm. that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. <laughs> this is like fire in my bones, guys. Listen, not only does God, and Moses asked one question, and God gave him two things to confirm <laughs> and, to, and to comfort him. What a yeah. double portion mighty God we serve, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Not only did he tell him I'm with you and that's your identity, but now he's saying, and Guess what? When you've done it, God literally prophesies to Moses in that sentence. Not only does he tell him, I'm, I'm with you, but he gives him an assurance that me being with you means the mission is already accomplished. The mission is already successful. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Newsflash, you've already won. Newsflash, Christ already did it. Yes. Newsflash, it's yes. already taken care of. Yes, yes. You're worried about going. Let's go. You're worried about going to the great thing God has to you to do. And he's saying, when you've done it, yes. he's saying when, not if. Yeah. He's a direct God, and he's already confirming that it's already done. He says, when thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God upon this mountain. Now God is giving a promise. Yes. He attached a promise to your identity. 
Wow. He attached a promise to your identity, and the promise is that you will have victory. Yes. And not only will you have victory, you will have the such victory that all you will be able to do is worship him. Come on. All you will be able to do is glorify his name. Come on, I feel like I'm talking to myself. Yeah. That all you'll be able to do Hallelujah. is sing praises Hallelujah. to his name. It will Hallelujah. be such a victorious, yeah. monumental success. Hallelujah. Your life, your purpose, your calling will be so powerful and yes. it will be so mightily accomplished that all you're going to be able to do is run back to his presence yes. and thank him. All you're going to be able to do is have the joy of his presence. All you're going to be able to do is say thank you, Lord. He's telling you, not only are you going to win in me, you're going to win big and you're going to be thanking me for it. You're going to be happy about it. You're going to be ready to come and talk to me about it. And not only that, but you're going to come back to this mountain to get your next mission because it doesn't end in him. I want somebody to understand. I want somebody to understand what it means to be with God. What it means, how valuable it is, how wonderful it is to be close to him and hear his voice. And how exciting it is to fight a fight you already know is about to win. I would fight any fight if I knew I was going to win. And I would be like, yeah, let's do it all. I would go on anything if I knew I was going to win. But we have to be... We have to be transformed by the renewing yes. of our minds on, because the world tells us that there's failure. See, the world, a lot of times people think that there's failure because they stop halfway through their mission. If Moses had stopped after the second or third plague, he could have said, that didn't really work. He had to endure until the end. He that endures to the end shall be saved. So I'm telling some of you guys, it's time to get back on course. Amen. You abandoned the mission too yeah. soon. Papa said last week, you got rid of your Judas too fast. Yeah. You abandoned it too soon. It did not fail. God does not fail. He never fails. He yeah. cannot fail. He will not fail. And you need to get back on course. I want somebody to type, I'm getting back on course. 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 So he tells him, he answers this question of, of identity with intimacy and gives him a promise attached to it. I thank my God. 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 I thank my God for all the times I didn't know who I was. For all the times I didn't know who I was. And he stayed near me. He stayed Jesus. near me long enough for me to get the revelation that him being near me was who I was. It was a, it was a response because of who I was. It was birthing who I am. Yeah. I thank God. I thank my God. So that is the first question that Moses had to clarify the calling. Let's keep reading. To verse, let's start with verse 13 and see the second question that Moses is going to ask our God. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, mm -hmm. and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? Okay, I love this way, the way Moses phrased this. Because God said, I'm with you. And Moses was like, okay, okay. And he was real crafty with it. Because his next question after who am I, and God said, I'm with you, was, well, what's your name? And I like how he phrased it because 
he was, it's almost like when you see a person and they say, now, um, I know an answer, but I'm asking for a friend um, in case they don't know the answer. Um, how would you say um, what your name is? You know, <laughs> I thank God for Moses like being really vulnerable with us in his, in his writing of this text and just like laying it all out so we can learn from it. Because we've done it before. God, I know, but what are you saying? You know, it's like, so he asked God, okay, what are they going, what should I tell them your name is? And where it says name, I'm so, I'm used to it being a Noma, but I, I looked it up and where it says name, it's Shem, mm -hmm. S-H-E-M. Mm -hmm. And when he's asking God, what is your name? Shem means, what is your reputation? Wow. What is your fame? Wow. What are you famous for? What, are you, what is your glory? And I love the fact that he asked this question because there are people you're gonna go to, that you're gonna be sent to, that you will need a testimony. And some of us have rushed the call not only did we not get the full instruction from God on the mountain, but some of us have run further than our experiences have carried us. We have to know that there's a, 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 a knowledge of God that the people that you're going to will need to know. They will want to know whose God are you coming, what, what God are you in, in represent, what God are you representing? Yes. Amen. They'll want to know. And that's why God is patient with Moses to answer this question because he knows we need a testimony of him. He knows we do. He knows that that testimony of him is the thing that will give us the, the proclamation of our faith so that we can say, come forth. I am with the God that answers prayer. Yes. So my testimony unto you, if you're listening, is that I know my testimony of my God is a God that delivers and a God that answers prayer. And if you are in any type of pit, that I am calling you out of that right now by that God that delivers, by that God that, that takes me out of dark places, by that God that brings me into his marvelous light. So he doesn't condemn Moses for this question. He doesn't condemn Moses for this question. What is your name? What's your reputation? God, give me a resume real quick so I can show the people. Give me one of your resumes. Print out a resume. Email it to me. Copy, paste. Send it to me. What is your reputation? Mm -hmm. Read verse 14. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, hmm. Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. Thus shall thou say unto the children of Israel, I am that I am. I am hath sent me. I am that I am. The God that is all sufficient within himself. Come on now. The uncreated God. Yes. The God that births power and might. And the God that is the solution yes. to every problem. Yes. I am that I am is the God of solution. Amen. God is sending you unto a people with not just a mandate, but with the God of solutions with you. Everywhere we go, we ought to be a solution. Come on now. Every problem I face, I know I'm facing it as the solution. I know I'm facing it as the solution. I know I'm facing every problem I face as the solution to that problem. Why? Because I am that I am is within me. Because I am that I am is energizing me to go. Because I know that it's I am that I am who has sent me on that mission. And I know that he is a God that does not fail. He is a God that does not fail. He is all sufficient and all powerful. Amen. Amen. I want somebody to write, I am sent by I am that I am. 
I am sent by I am that I am. I am sent by the source of solutions. I am sent by the source of solutions. I am the solution to every problem I face. I am the solution to every problem I face. Hallelujah. He says, I am that I am have sent me. And go now to verse 15. And God said, moreover unto Again. Moses. Moreover. Look at God, how good he is. He's like, just in case you didn't get that, which should be enough. Moreover, additionally. <laughs> go ahead. Moreover unto Moses. Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, mm. the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath sent me mm -hmm. unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. God lays out for him, person after person, and the common thread of these persons that he has laid out before Moses is that he has a hundred percent success rate. Uh -huh. yeah. Come on now. The testimony of God is that his success rate is 100 percent. So not only are you going to tell them that I have a salute, that you're coming as a solution, but the people that you're called to children of God, you're going to let them know that you have a solution that the world couldn't give because the world offers temporary solutions. Mm -hmm. The world offers temporary solutions, but God offers a solution that lasts and Amen. never fades. Yes. God offers a, the type of solution he offers is one that never fails. Who knows anybody that in their whole course of existence has never made any mistakes ever and never will? Now, think of a person. You can't. I'm not even going to give you time to do it. You can't. You cannot. Because there is no one else who has his track record. Mm -hmm. yeah. Amen. He is undefeated Amen. for any issue. Amen. Yeah. Amen. He is undefeated for any issue. And those that look at the evil in this world today, let me tell you something. We're not at the end. We're not at the end of God's work in this world. So don't look in the way you see it and you think it's going and look at diseases and look at pestilences and look at, and look at people and think that that's the ultimate that our God is going to do and that our God is doing. Let me tell you something. God is raising up a people of fire. God is raising up a people of fire. And his work, and his work will be done through them. So don't you get don't you get restless yet because I'm here to tell you that the God of solutions will bring a solution in the fullness of the dispensation of time and his will will be accomplished in this earth and we will be drawn into one in Christ. You better get on board. You better get on the winning team. You better get on the winning side. Don't get left. Amen. Those with Noah, they got left. Why? Because they didn't know that the solution was right there in front of them. It's an ark. They were too focused on not knowing that, that what God could do. Oh, it can't rain. It's never rained before. What are you talking about rain? But the solution was right there. Don't miss the solution because you're too busy doubting the God that provides it. Because you're too focused on your situation. You got to think. Is God bigger than my problem or is my problem bigger than God? It's point blank simple. I know that God is much bigger than any problem Amen. to the point to where the problem becomes insignificant in his presence. So God said unto Moses, I am that I am. 
And he said, I am the one that has sent the God of your, your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And sometimes we get disconnected from the testimony of the uh, patriarchs of our faith. Mm -hmm. But this is a God that still speaks. Yes, come on. We're in, yeah. a, we're in a ministry of fire. The reason why you're seeing God begin to move like this upon the children of this house is because the God that of Prophet Lovi Aaliyah is operating in us. What does that mean? That means that the God that has done a work in him, that we can look at his life, that we can look at his teachings, that we can look at his ministry and learn and grow from, that we can have the testimony of the success of God in his life is operating in us. Sometimes you just need a closer reference point. Sometimes you just feel disconnected from it and you need a closer reference point. But there are still men of fire in this earth. Yes. There are still people who are hearing God in this earth. Yes. And just because people in the past that you've encountered have not heard God actively or have not heard God concerning your life, I'm here to tell you that God sees you and God does still speak. Amen. 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 He does. Amen. 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 So. Skip ahead and go down to verse 18. Exodus 3, verse 18. And they shall hearken to the, thy voice, and thou shalt come, thou and the elders of Israel, unto the king of Egypt. And ye shall say unto him, The Lord God of the Hebrews hath met with us. And now let us go, we beseech thee, three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. So I want to just make something, something that God pointed out to me. The original mission that God sent Moses on was not for the children of Israel to be freed all the way. It was for them to go three days journey into the wilderness so they could sacrifice to God. And what ultimately happened by God revealing the magnitude of his power in that situation is that they were set free completely. Um, let's just look at it now. Uh, mm -hmm. Go to uh, 11 uh, of that same book, chapter 11, in the, in the first verse. Exodus 11, first verse. And the Lord said unto Moses, Yet will I bring one plague more upon Pharaoh. This is after he's done all the plagues. This is the end. This is the success part of the story. Uh -huh. Go ahead. And upon Egypt, afterwards he will let you go hence. When he shall let you go, he shall surely thrust you out hence altogether. All together. Yes. All together. That means completely and utterly and totally. Some of us have been sent to our problems, but they are, they've been so small, and, and our oppressors want to keep us near so that they can pull us back into that oppression. Just go three days journey and worship and come on back and be bonded again. Just go three days, just stay close, but just come on back. And you even see in the story, Pharaoh tried some things. Uh, just let the men go, but leave the women here. Uh, just let part of your, your freedom come, but not the full freedom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's some things that have been trapping you and you keep getting trapped. It's because you haven't allowed God to deliver you all together, completely, totally, and utterly. You're staying too close to the thing. You're staying too close to it. You're only three days journey away. All it takes is three more days to get back into it. 
You're too close to it. But God, I'm here to tell you tonight that God is about to deliver you all together. God is about to bring you out all together, completely, utterly. It says to be totally annihilated. That's what that word means. He's going to annihilate and decimate your issue. He's going to annihilate and decimate your problem in the mighty name of Jesus. Mighty name of Jesus. But let's go back to chapter four now, because Moses still has some questions. Um, chapter four, verse one. Let's start there. Chapter Exodus four, verse one. And Moses answered and said, stop. So first he was asking questions. Now he's answering. Now he's giving his own declaration. Go ahead. And said, but behold, they will not believe me nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. Stop. The second, the, this is the third. I'm counting like Papa Lo. The third area that Moses was questioning, that now it had turned into a declaration, was that they will not believe me. They will not believe me. And furthermore, he says, for they will say. When you're called, one of the things that the enemy will try to do to deter you from your call is get you to focus on what they will say and what they will believe. That's good. Yes. That's good. What they will say and what they will believe. Yeah. What Moses is dealing with now, he's dealing with a fear of rejection. He's dealing with a fear of rejection. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of us, have been in that place, I have as well. They're not gonna believe me. They're gonna say, you said, God said what to you? You need to be committed. God is speaking to you, that's crazy. They're gonna say, what, what will they say? But here's the thing about what they say. The truth is, even when Moses was making that declaration, he was actually correct. Um, read uh, chapter six, verse nine. Chapter 6, verse 9. And Moses spoke so unto the children of Israel, but they hearkened not unto Moses for anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. So he was right. They weren't going to believe him. They weren't. I got to tell somebody something. They are not going to believe you. Come on. Now. They will say things about you. When you're on purpose and when you're on call, one of the signs that you're even in the call of God and in the will of God is what the world will say about you. They will say, they will say you did not hear God. They will say that God does not speak. They will say that you're crazy. They will say it. They will say it. But the rejection of man cannot be a deterrent to the call of God. Come on. Amen. 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 It cannot be. Amen. It's not important enough to take you off course. It's not important enough to take you off course. They do not need to believe you for the purpose to be accomplished. The children of Israel did not need to believe Moses at first. They didn't need to go and believe him at first. And actually, there's a blessing released. Every level that Moses kind of uh, reveals his weakness to God. 
he gets more and more weak before God. Uh -huh. And that just gives God more and more opportunity to put his grace upon Moses. So you just see God putting more grace on it, more grace on it. And I see some of you have been made heavy by your situations. Some of you have been made heavy by your circumstances. And you've, and you've been weaker and weaker and weaker in the presence of God. But I'm here to tell you now that you qualify for more grace. Amen. That you qualify for even more of his grace to rest upon you. That you qualify for more grace in your call and in your purpose. Amen. Hallelujah. So he was afraid of rejection. He was afraid of what they would say. And he was right because they would say it. But what was God's answer? Read verse 2. Verse 2. Chapter 4, verse 2. And the Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he said, A rod. Okay, every time you say thine hand, we're going to echo you. You guys got it? Mm -hmm. Okay, start with verse 2. And the Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? Thine hand. And he said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. Mm -hmm. And Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thine hand, thine hand, and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand, his hand, his hand. And, and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand, his, his hand, hand. And that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob hath appeared unto thee. And the Lord said furthermore unto him, Put now thine hand, thine hand, into thy bosom. Mm -hmm. And he put his hand, his hand, into his bosom. Mm -hmm. And when he took it out, behold, his hand, his yeah. hand, was leprous, leprous as leprous. snow. Mm -hmm. And he said, put thine hand, thine hand, into thy bosom again. And he put his hand, his hand, into his bosom come on, again. Come on. And plucked it out of his it. bosom. And behold, it was turned again as his other flesh. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe thee, neither hearken to the voice of the first sign, that they will believe the voice of the latter sign. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe, also these two signs, neither hearken unto thy voice, that thou shalt take of the water of the river, and pour it upon the dry land. And the water which thou takest out of the river shall become blood upon the dry land. And Moses... Stop. Thank you. Some of you, some of us, God needed them to reject you because his answer to the rejection of man when you're on his purpose and on his will is that he makes you into a marvel and a sign. Wow. He makes you into a marvel. He turns you into a marvel. I had a friend encourage me one time when I was at a, a lower point balancing life and she said, everything you need is in your hand. Everything you need is in your hand. And I think we look at this and we think, oh, Moses had a rod. But the first set of miracles, he had the rod. And the second set of miracles, he didn't. Mm -hmm. So what was the common denominator? Mm -hmm. What was the common denominator? It was his hand. Mm -hmm. 
Come on. It was his hand. His hand. Because the, the word rod, it means branch. Uh-huh. It means branch. Now we know that the branch is not the tree, right? right. The yes. tree, it, it, the base of the tree, it receives its powers from the roots, yes. right? It receives its power from the source. Yeah. The branch is just an extension of yeah. the tree yes. to yes. be a conduit of that power and of yes. that yes. life yes. force that's in the tree amen. so that the fruit can come forth out of the branch. Amen, amen, amen. That's why in this ministry, time and time again, you've seen us do prophetic exercises come where on. we put maybe uh, something that's connected to what means finances, our wallet. We put it where? In our hand. Yes. Because there's no power in the wallet, but there's a power in the God that is living within us. And the electricity and the fire that flows through us onto that thing, it produces fruit in that thing. It produces fruit in that rod. It produces fruit in that branch. I'm here to tell you, God is making you a marvel and he's putting his power in you. And it's going to manifest in your hand. Say, my hand. Say, the power of God will manifest in my hand. And I want you to stretch out your hand right now. Before we even, I'm not even at the end of the message yet, but I just feel the Lord telling me just to, I want you to speak and stretch forth your hand. I want you to get a thought in your mind, whatever that thought may be, whatever that obstacle may be. And I already want us to start in, 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 Enlarging and connecting our faith. And I want you to stretch out your hand. I want you to speak to that problem right now. And I want you to declare to that problem. I want you to declare to that problem that you are utterly destroyed and annihilated by the power of God that is flowing through me. That I am a conduit of his power. And that the touch of my hand will cause every dry situation to bring fruit. Speak it now. Every dry situation will bring fruit. I use my hand now as a contact point to every rod that the branch of God will bring forth fruit in me. That the branch of God will bring forth fruit in me. Every problem, every obstacle, every situation in the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, every Pharaoh, in the mighty name of Jesus, in Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' mighty name, God has been burning this message in me for like a week, y'all. I'm telling you, I've been in there talking this over with angels and I've been ready to bring it to you because I know that it's the deliverance for someone tonight. Hallelujah. So God made Moses a marvel as an answer to his fear of rejection, as an answer to the rejection of man. God, that empowered God to make Moses a marvel. Uh Don't sweat the haters. Don't sweat them. They're going to make you into a marvel. Just by rejecting you, they just qualified you. Come on now. They just qualified you to be a conduit <laughs> of the power of God. That's good. Because yeah. God is the one who sent you. That's good. So guess what? When they challenge you and he has put you on the mandate, then they challenge him. And now he has to make himself manifest. It's a setup, Ooh. guys. Come yes, on. Yes. Let's Amen. be in on the yes, plan yes, of God. Yes, let's yes. be Amen. let's be in the Amen. situation yes. room. Let's be in the in the what what do they call it? The strategy room. 
Let's be in the strategy room, right? Yes, amen. Where we can say, oh, God, I see what you're about to do. Okay, so they're going to reject me. All right. And then you're going to make me a marvel. Let's get excited about yeah. the things that we used to call setbacks. Let's get excited about the things we used to call setbacks. Let's know that the purpose of God is ultimately for our good That's and that his good. glory will be revealed in us and that we've already yeah. won and know, okay, where am I on this path of my call? Oh, I'm at the point where yes. they reject me. Oh, I'm at the point where they reject me. I'm about to be a marvel. Let's get excited about it. Let's get, let's get more excited. How fun would that be? Instead of crying over every time something happens. They don't know me. They don't get me. They don't understand me. Let's get in, in excited that we already won. Amen. And I'm saying that I'm saying that because I've been in that place already and I'm speaking this so you don't have to be in that place. So you don't have to stay in that place of confusion of God. They're talking about me. God, they're talking about me. I remember I was a, a teenager and I was so eccentric. <laughs> Let's just say that. I was so eccentric. And I would I would make <laughs> just do funny little skits by myself in the in the in the girls' locker room and just act stuff out for people. And one day I walked up and I saw through the window someone talking about me. No, she does too much. She extra. She over the top. Oh, it hurt me. But guess what? God is using yeah. those things that they thought that they rejected in me for his glory, mm -hmm. yeah. for his yeah. glory. Yeah. Yeah. Little did they know that I would be speaking to you tonight. Little did they know that God will use that mouth that they cursed to be a blessing. They turned me into a marvel. So thank you. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And I'm saying that because I know that there are some people who are even young and in the faith and, and they're discouraged. And I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you in the Lord. Yeah. Don't dwell on it because it's actually for your good. Yes. Now yes. you can be a marvel. Amen. Now you can get promoted to the Amen. next level in Amen. your call. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let's go to the fourth question. And we're going to start at verse, verse 10 of chapter 4. And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. Stop. The fourth deterrent or question or, or qualm have you that you will face on your call is a question of capability. It's a question of capability. He's already went through the question of identity. He's already saw that intimacy births identity. He's already went through uh, the question of, of God's reputation. He's already went through the question of the rejection of man. But now he's questioning his capability. No. But notice he's questioning his capability. How many of us have been dependent on our own capability. Mm -hmm. And that has been a deterrent wow. to us going forward. Mm -hmm. We've looked at the mission. God gives us a God-sized mission. In mm -hmm. some kind of way, something, someone, the enemy convinces us mm -hmm. that he wants us in our own strength to face a God-sized mission. Wow. That's not even logical. No. Going back to the analogy of children, like I wouldn't say, okay, uh, my son, SJ, okay, SJ, it's time to paint the house. Go get your paintbrush and not help him paint the house you're three right. I'm if I he could paint one little corner 
for pretending I don't have to paint over it to make it right. <laughs> so <laughs> where did we get this notion that we're going to face God-sized, Pharaoh-sized problems by our own capability and by yeah. our own strength? Yeah. Yes. This is another thing that has stopped. Some of you have gotten past these points in your call, and these are just stopping points that you might have found yourself stalled at. And I'm trying to reignite the ignition, Amen. reignite the fire, Amen. so you can keep moving. Amen. Amen. Capability. Capability. Read the answer in verse 11. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb or deaf or the seeing mm. or the blind? Have not I the Lord? <laughs> now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth. Thank you, Jesus. And teach thee what thou shalt say. Thank you, Jesus. Stop right there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God answers the question of capability, your questions, your doubts, your concerns of capability with an answer of craftsmanship, of craftsmanship, of his craftsmanship. The craftsman determines the capabilities. The designer determines the function. That's what he's telling Moses. He's saying, I am the one that crafted you. I'm the one that made you. So when you're telling me that your mouth won't work, what you're actually telling me is that my design has a defect in it. Is that my design has a, has a fail in it. Is that you need to have a recall on the design that you made. Wow, wow, wow. But we're talking to a God who just told you he has 100% success rate. That means he has 100% success rate with you. That means that what he has purposed in you and how he has made you was perfect. Mm. It was perfect for the call that he had for you. It wasn't perfect for somebody else's call, but it was perfect for your call. Mm -hmm. It was perfect for your mission. It was perfect for your mandate. Mm -hmm. You know, there are certain uh, devices that we use. I don't, listen, I don't want to start an Android iPhone war, okay? <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to do that. But I will just say, <laughs> as one with a uh, testimony of switching from Android to iPhone, uh, <laughs> there's, some, there's something to be desired in the craftsmanship of one over the other. But the craftsmanship of one, why do people keep buying the same Apple? Apple why? Because there's a craftsmanship that comes from it. Mm. There's, a, there's a, a level, the designer has caused it to function well. The designer has made it to function well. So we, we become reliant on it because we know that we trust in that craftsman. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm talking to myself. Amen. We know that we've come to trust that craftsman. So the craftsman, if you can, if you can trust uh, the craftsman of Apple, Steve Jobs, right? You can trust that craftsman. And, and, and put your uh, personal information, your debit card information on there, all that stuff, because you, you believe it's secure. You can trust all of that. But the craftsmen of the universe, come on. Come on. Yeah. Some of us, that question we've been having about am I able, am I capable? You don't have to, you don't have to, to, to compute it of your own strength. God is not sending you to a problem that's his size for, for you to have to do it alone and without him. And he created it for the perfect function. And as it says in verse 12, now go therefore and I will be with thy mouth 
and teach thee what thou shalt say. Not only is he saying that, he's saying you got 24-hour access to uh, uh, the help center. You know, you send those texts to those help centers and anybody can help you. He's saying, I'm with you. Yeah. He's saying that the area of your life that you called a weakness, I am going to be with your weakness. I am going to put my strength upon your weakness because my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Don't you see how he's doing this? That every area of your life that you've cursed, every, every part of you, every part of you, every part that God has crafted of you, every part that God has formed of you, yeah. that you have cursed, wow. yes. God has just created an opportunity for himself to put his strength there. Sometimes I think about the areas where I'm most weak, the areas where people have seen me struggle the most. And I thank God, because I'm like, that's where I'm going to be the best, because your come strength on. is going to come in those areas. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I know, I know I've had the least money of my friend group at a time. Y'all better watch out. I'm about to be the wealthiest that you've ever seen. Right. Because it's not, it's, I can't do it of my own. It's he's the one that's producing it. Yeah. Some of you, there's been things that people all your life have told you were weak about you. Why don't you look at those things and say, my God, they said that I wasn't intelligent. I'm about to have the intelligence of the living God, the strength of God. They're not even going to know what I'm saying. I'm going to be solving equations and uh, problem solving and all kinds of stuff. Uh, men's are going to have to call me and put me in the genius book because they called me because you called me stupid, because I thought I was dumb, because I thought I couldn't do it. Then the craftsman will come in now and be with that area and he will supplement that area with his power. Amen. How exciting to have a weakness. To have a weakness. Yes. How exciting to have a weakness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did Paul say? I glory in my weakness. Because yeah. yeah. there the grace will come upon me. I see somebody being delivered tonight. I see somebody being delivered tonight. I see somebody that since you were a child, you had these stories playing out in your head. And I see God just taking them down and taking them down. And now you're going to be energized and capable and able to run in this call that God has for you. God answers. Jesus. God answers your concerns mm -hmm. of capability mm -hmm. with the reminder of his craftsmanship. And also, um, let's look at Ephesians 2.10, just in case you, you need to know something. Because I think that some people, um, some people think that God is a good craftsman, and that he makes good things. But the enemy has slipped in and given you a perversion. Mm -hmm. He's giving you a lie. He said, God's going to do it for everybody else and not for you. Yeah. Or, or God made, yeah, God made you, but he made you to struggle. He made you to, to, to fail. He made you, that he made you for, for, as a vessel of dishonor. Read Ephesians 2, verse 10. Ephesians 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Unto good works. Which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. This is, this is the programming. If you were an iPhone, he's programmed you. You know Siri? Mm -hmm. She answers questions based on what's been programmed responses. Mm. I tried to... This is a kind of embarrassing. I had a moment. It was a goofy moment. I tried to see if I could lead Siri to Jesus. I asked her. I said, hey, Siri. 
do you love Jesus? Her answer was, I do not choose any religion or something like that. Programmed. Programmed answers. Uh -huh. I went in, too. I was like, Jesus died? And, you know, just seeing what she would say, seeing what they had programmed to handle somebody like that, seeing if they'd even thought, thought it through, testing the craftsmanship. God has good works that he preordained. He has presets that he has set up in your life. You're worried about if you're going to be good enough in that situation. You're worried enough about if you're going to have the right words to say. You're worried about when God tells you to go to that lady in Walmart and tell her that God loves her and that her children will come back to her if that's going to be heard right. It doesn't matter. He gave you the presets of what to say. Just go. Yeah. Go on the call. Do what he has told you to do and trust that he's put in you the right thing to do it. Jesus. Just trust in his craftsmanship. He is a good craftsman. Come on. He's a good craftsman. Who Amen. knows he's a good craftsman? Amen. Who knows that he's a good craftsman? Amen. He's a good craftsman. <clears throat> my mama, uh, like I said, I love uh, my, my uh, spiritual mama, Mama Maggie. <clears throat> Um, she's been teaching me and helping me grow in so many ways. And the other night she said something so deep. Okay. She said and, and, and told us that the only thing God made with his hands was us. Uh -huh. Everything else he spoke, but that you he made with his hands. And we think about Adam being made from the dirt, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We think about Adam. We, we remember Adam was made with his hands. But I think sometimes we get caught up that we were made by our parents, right? Oh, Adam was made, formed by God's hands, but, but our parents formed us. That's not so. God didn't say he stopped forming people after Adam. He actually says, before I formed you in the mo your mother's womb, I knew you. Come he on. just changed the location of where he was doing the putting Come together. And see, you think about dirt, too. You think about dust and dirt. And in dust and dirt, that's where you put seeds, right? This, this, listen to this deep and profound, God. That's a little cool. Lord God, help me to make it manifest. Help me to make it manifest what you're showing me. So you think about dirt, and you think about how you put seeds in dirt, right? So Adam was the dirt, right? But in that dirt, God had seeds, right? So the first material that he formed man from was from the dirt. Are we tracking? He formed man from the dirt. But in that dirt was seeds. Now, in the woman, we call those seeds eggs. And in the man, we call those seeds sperm. That's why God says that we are his sperma, right? We are his, his, his offspring, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So in the dirt of Adam, where Adam and Eve were made to, from the dirt together in one body until he pulled Eve out, in the dirt, God had seeds already planted. Because we've got to remember, we don't serve a God that just does something for it not to live on, for it not to bear fruit, right? We serve a fruitful God. We serve a fruitful God. Even when he gave his resume before, he was showing you that you will know him by his fruits. Yes. Just like he said you would know each other by our fruits. On, he doesn't do anything that he does. He doesn't ask us to do anything that he doesn't model for us first. Yeah, so even when he told him Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he was showing him that you'll know me by my fruits yeah, as well. Yeah. So this is what God has done. He's taken the dirt. And he formed Adam. And then in that dirt were seeds. And he pulled Eve out and he had Adam here and he had two seeds. And now in the womb, God picks which seeds to put together to form you. And he puts you together. Now, scientists, they can't explain it. They don't know. They just say conception. But we know that we serve the God of conception. Yes. Amen.
So, so those of you, you need to know that it was a process of knitting together inside your mama that God did. He yeah, put his yeah. hands on it. Come he put his hand, he got his hands in it. Just like he got his hands into the dirt for Adam. Just like he got his hands in everything and every situation in our life. Come he on, got his on, hands come on, come on, come on. and he formed you. you Otherwise he wouldn't have said it. He's not a God that he can lie yeah. before he formed you in your mother's womb. That's the location in which you were formed. He did it by his hands. You are his workmanship. Come on. Trust that craftsmanship. That's deep. Trust. Only God can do it. Let me tell you something. My husband is a blessed man of God. He's a chocolatey man. And I am a, and I am a, a dark-haired, dark-eyed woman. God picked some kind of, I don't even know what. He went all the way back in some kind of genealogy, picked one, uh, one put it together, and made a blonde child. I have a blonde child. <laughs> I can't make a, I can't form him. God had to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even Papa Lowe used to he used to tease SJ when he was born because before he before he was blonde he was redheaded. And Papa Lowe would just say, ah, this Irishman. Uh, this <laughs> <laughs> and I would be like <laughs> But he's actually prophetic because there is Irish in our lineage, but how far back do you gotta go to get it? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, my my husband's people is from Trinidad and Tobago. You know what I'm saying? I'm from Texas. Why? How you get all of them? Because he's doing the forming. Because it's his design. So trust his design. Trust that the, the way that he's formed you is good. And it's for good works. And he's pre-laid him out for you. And if God has laid out works for you, you got to realize that if there, is a, there are works laid out, that means that there's, that there's destinations, right, for you to go to. Which means that there's a map. And that's why you need the voice of God. So you can follow the correct map of your life. It's a straight path. Yes. It's a narrow path. Yes. Why is it? But it's a path that has been laid out and God can show you. He can reveal it unto you. He can lead you on that. It's, it's a path that you can walk on with instruction and direction. And today he's going to give you new levels of instruction on your path. I even see some of you. I even see some of you going back to the vision that God gave you. Mm -hmm. And God unfolding new levels of revelation, mm -hmm. new levels of understanding, amen. giving you more details amen. about the mission and the call and the purpose. Amen? Yes, amen. 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 So the designer determines the function. The function that God has in you is determined by him. And not only that. But he, every weakness is an opportunity for his power to be revealed. Okay. Amen. 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 Now the fifth thing that we're going to discuss about Moses and his grappling with his call, as many of us have done, is verse 13. Mm -hmm. Is this still in chapter 4, Exodus 4, verse 13? Exodus 4, verse 13. Amen. And he said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. Can you read that in ESV? I just want to make sure it's clear. ESV. It was verse 12. It is verse 13. 13. But he said, Oh my Lord, please send someone else. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Every level that Moses has gone to so far. Wow. 
he's received more and more of the grace of God. But even, even after God has answered every question and been an assurance to everything, he still rejected the call. Ha, He still rejected the call. He still rejected the call. I thank God for a gracious God. Because I see someone's heart broken. Because they have rejected the call of God. And they have felt like the purpose and their purpose was irredeemable. They gave up on it. You gave up on it and you thought it was irredeemable. But that just again qualifies you to receive even a deeper dispensation of his grace. Yes. I had a, um, a, a vision of, of something and I'm, I wanna share it because it, it convicted me deeply. Um, in this vision, I was, I was in like a rowboat, just, like a, just a rowboat where you just row along. And I was in a swamp. I was rowing through a swamp and the trees were in the way and it was dark. I just rolled through the swamp. And as I was um, rolling through the swamp, you know how you get like to the, to when water ends, you get like to a bank, mm -hmm. right? Where the water ends, you get to a bank. So I, I, I came upon the bank and, and, and parked the boat on the bank. Mm -hmm. And at the bank of the water, there was the mouth of a cave. And the cave was dark inside. But I could hear from inside the cave someone crying out. And when I walked in the cave, though the cave was dark, I carried light and I could see all around. And as I walked in the cave, I walked deeper into the cave. And what I saw was, have you ever seen those caves where there's like a drop off? There's like a, a cliff, a drop into like a pit. And I saw there was a drop off in the cave. And all, hanging off of the ledge, was a hand. And that hand was holding on for dear life and crying out for help. And I looked down and I saw that not only was there a person hanging on, there was also a person hanging on to their ankles and a person hanging on to their ankles and a person hanging on to their ankles and a person hanging on to their ankles. So I did what any of us would do naturally is I began to pull people up. And I had a strength that was not my own to face the problem. I pulled people up with the power of God. Mm -hmm. And I began to pull them up, but they were weak. And I began to pull them up and, and put them down and pull them up and put them down till they piled on top of each other, almost lifeless. Almost lifeless. And then after I had pulled them all up, we all lined up. And they needed to be led. They were weak. They were tired. They were weary. But I led them out of the cave and into the boat and out and through the swamp and out of the swamp. There is a grace that God gave me and that I have been through this process that Moses has been through. I've asked these questions that Moses has asked. And every time I asked, there was delay. And God showed me there's people attached to you and there's still mm. grace for them to be recovered. But now there's more urgency. Mm. 
Because every time you doubted me, what happened was there was delay. And when you asked me, who were you? They entered the swamp. And I clarified for you that you are, are birthed out of intimacy with me. But then you, you asked me, who was I? And I answered, but then they went through the swamp. And then you asked me, you asked me, uh, you told me you worried about rejection and you spent time stalling at rejection and then they entered the cave. Mm. And then you worried about your own capability and then they fell in the pit. But by my grace, they are still holding on and mm. there is still time to reach those that you are called to. Amen. Amen. But there is an urgency now. There is no longer any time for us to spend doubting God, doubting the call of God, because the call is not about you. And let me tell you, they're not, these, the people that you're sent to, they're just falling deeper and deeper into the darkness. And you carry light. You carry light. They would not have fallen in that pit if they would have seen it coming. But they can't see in darkness. They're blinded in darkness. What does the Bible say? I will read this um, so you guys um, don't have to, to flip. The Bible says in uh, chapter 4 of Ephesians, verse 17, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind. It's the vanity of their mind that they're being led astray by. The things that, that fade, the things that don't last. They're being led into darkness by this, by, by all being tossed into and fro. Having, and the Bible says, verse 18, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Mm. They're blind and we have light. Wow. That's good. And we don't want to go to a fight we're destined to win. My heart was heavy when I saw that, but I was grateful for the grace of God that they were still holding on and that there was still time. And tonight, under the platform of my Papa, Lovi Aaliyah, under the ministry of this great work that God is doing through Amen. Revelation Church, in this place, under the mighty hand of God, I know that God has now sent me forth in my call. Yep. And Amen. now I know that everyone that is attached to me, that's attached to my destiny, and everyone that's been attached to them, and that's been attached to them, and that's been attached to them, today I'm declaring to you the rescue mission has begun. And you will no longer... Be trapped in darkness. Wow. I repent for being late, but it's Hallelujah. coming. Hallelujah. <laughs> but even that, God had an answer to. Even, even when Moses rejected the call. And you notice every answer is God instilling more of his power. Every time Moses brings up a weakness, God instills more of his power. So, so he's already declared that he's with them, he's already declared that the God that doesn't fail is with them, that he's made a marvel, and that, and that uh, he has, he's crafted by God. So what's his answer to that, you just rejecting it altogether? Read verse 14. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. Stop. You guys have to understand how serious it is to, um, re to doubt the craftsmanship of God. None of these other questions God took any issue with. Yeah. 
But when you talk about his work, <laughs> I'm an artist. I'm, I'm an, I'm, I, I act. And, and if you tell me that my project and my acting is bad, I might be a little bit more angry because it's my workmanship, right? Uh -huh. An artist that paints. You really can't tell an artist that paints, oh, that's not a good painting. That's, yeah. that, it's, it, because it's their craftsmanship. It's birthed yeah. out of them. Yeah. So only in that question, only, only, in, only in Moses rejecting it altogether, after God answered that, he's like, you should be good. Yeah. But when he still rejects the call, it angers God, mm -hmm. right? Why does it anger God when you reject the call? Mm -hmm. the, rejecting the call, it provokes the anger of God. But why? Because rejecting the call is actually pride. Come on now. And God opposes the proud. Yeah. All these questions have to do with his own self. Wow. Thinking it's his, in his own power. We think pride looks like, I'm big and tough and I can do anything. That's not the only way pride looks. Come on. Pride looks like it all is falling on me. Yeah. And I'm not going to be able to do it. Come wow. on, teach, teach. So God opposes the proud. That's why his anger was kindled to Moses, because it was pride that caused him to reject the call. And it's, if you think about it, how can you reject a call that's about more than you? Not only are you rejecting the call, what you're saying is, let them die. Let them remain in bondage. I'm on the mountain, it's good enough. So that's why the anger of God was kindled, because his, remember, his original will was for us to have oneness in him. Yes. How are you going to have oneness with everyone in him if it's just you? Uh -huh. So that anger was kindled against Moses. But even when God's angry with you, he, like he tells us, be angry and sin not. Even when God was angry with Moses. And the Lord, I'm, I want to tell you that Jesus paid the price. So God has anger, has no longer, there's, there's no... Um, partition between uh, man and God anymore. He already took care of it. The Bible, the Bible says that uh, Jesus uh, has brought us unto closeness with God. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Uh -huh. That's Ephesians 2 verse 13. Uh -huh. So thank God, thank yeah. God that Christ came and he took God's anger upon himself mm -hmm. so that we didn't have to be the receivers of God's anger anymore. Amen. Amen. Can we Amen. thank God for Jesus? Because Moses went through it before Jesus came in. So he had the anger kindled. But, I, but God, his grace in, is that he removed his anger off of us and that he now has given us his love and because Christ has taken it upon himself. Yes. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, but God's anger was kindled against Moses for rejecting the call. Continue with verse 14. And he said, Is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you, and when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. Wait, can you switch back to King James Version uh, as you continue? Yes, mm -hmm. I can. Thank you. What God is about to say next, I hope you're ready for it. I hope you're ready for the level he's about to take you to. I hope you're ready for the dimension he's about to bring you into. By rejecting the call, you've already qualified yourself for the highest dimension of God that you could ever walk in. Start from verse 15 when you have it. Verse 18? Verse 15. And thou shalt speak unto him, and put words in his mouth, 
and I will be with thy mouth and with his mouth and will teach you what ye shall do. Amen. Keep reading. And he shall be thy spokesman unto the people, mm -hmm. and he shall be, even he shall be to thee instead of a mouth, and thou shalt be to him instead of God. And thou shalt take Stop. this. And thou shalt be to him instead of God. Mm -hmm. You've rejected the call, some of us. And the problem has become such a God-sized problem that now the glory of God has to manifest so much that God has to make you a God unto that issue. Mm. That God has to make you a God unto Aaron. Come that on. God has to make you a God unto Pharaoh. Verse chapter uh, 7, verse 1 says, And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a God to Pharaoh, and Aaron thy brother shall be thy prophet. Some of your situations are not going to, you're not going to face them in the, in the, the, in your man, in your, in your, in your humanity. Yes. You're going to face them in the divinity of God. Yes. You're going to come to them in the divinity of God. And you notice, like when we said earlier, uh, that whenever something has the power to send you, it becomes your God. Well, this confirms that because God, he said, send someone else. But God had already sent Moses. He had already spoken his word. Yeah. It can't come back void. He, he's a God that doesn't change. So in order, since, since God had already sent Moses, in order for someone else to be sent, Moses had to do the sending. And in order for Moses to do the sending, Moses had to become a God unto that person. You see how that works? How everything that can send you is your God? You see how God tied that back in? Mm -hmm. So he had to become a God unto Aaron, but then he also became a God unto his problem, yeah. a God unto his obstacle. God is saying that he is endowing you with his direct power to Amen. face that situation. That yeah. even when you thought it was too far gone, even when you thought it was too deep in, even when you thought that there was no reversal yeah. for that yeah, yeah. cancer, even when you thought yeah. that there was no healing for that sickness, Amen. even when you thought there was no redemption for your purpose, that God is saying, now I'm going to put my power on that thing. Yeah. And now you're going to see and you're going to stretch forth thy hand and you're going to do great signs in that thing. Yes. That yeah. just when you thought that there was no way for anything to be salvaged, that yeah. His power is going to be made manifest in you. When you reject the call and it becomes so heavy and the problem becomes bigger, and God allowed this so that the problem be, could become big enough so that when God interfered, His glory could be revealed. His glory could be revealed. Goes back to it. Some of you, you've been watching your problem get bigger, but that's just because God's allowing it so that his glory can be revealed more mightily in you. Amen. More Amen. mightily Amen. in that's you. Hallelujah. That's good. Hallelujah. Because as you remember, he, was gonna be, he needed it to be altogether released. He needed the problem to be big enough to break it down and annihilate it completely. And here is the blessing. Here is the blessing in it all. I'll just read it. Um, in Exodus 14, verse 31, it says, And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. 
and the people feared the Lord. That's the answer to the question, one of the first questions he had. What if they don't know you sent me? They feared the Lord yeah. and they believed the Lord. What if they don't believe in you, God? What if they don't know your name? And his servant, Moses. God is putting you in a position where there are people who have doubted you. There are situations that have seemed unfaceable. But I'm here to tell you that at the end result, at the end result, God, if you humble yourself to his call, if you abandon the own will that you thought was good, but know that it's not perfect, but God's perfect will, if you embark on that call, God will exalt you. He will Amen. exalt you if you humble yourself before him and go where he is sending you. Amen. We are we're gonna go into our prayer. Um, we're gonna go into some prayer points because there's some things that we gotta that we've got to um, that we've got to, to, to tackle in um, in our faith and in mm -hmm. our call yes. so that we can be course corrected on it. Um, but before we do that, we're gonna get ready to sow a seed. Amen. And um, I wanna before we do that, I actually want you I want you to read chapter 4, verse 18. Exodus 4, verse 18. Yes, ma'am. And Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said unto him, Let me go, I pray thee, and return unto my brethren which are in Egypt, and see whether they be yet alive. And Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. Amen. Moses is on a mountain. God sends an angel to burn like fire in a bush. And the, the Bible says the, the fire burned in the bush, but the bush was not consumed. The fire that burns, but does not consume. He witnesses it. He beholds it. He gets a mandate and a call from God. He clarifies the calling and he's ready to go. And he still comes down from that mountain and submits himself to his father-in-law and asks, I pray thee, let me go do the work of the Lord. Let me go on my call. I believe there are some people who this message was an encouragement to you because you've been through this journey. You've been through these questions. You're on your call. You're in your call. But you've got to understand, I, I'm so grateful for Apostle Mike talking about submission. Because um, you've got to understand uh, there's a mystery to this thing right here that I'm praying God will help me uncover. Amen. People that have issues understanding submission, in my experience, are people who have issues understanding power. Mm. Come on. Because Let's go. Here's, here's what I, I, I know. I've seen, um, I've seen something that it has seen confusing at times. I've seen, I'll use, I'll use marriage because it's, it's the most common thing. I've seen women of God who are mighty in God, who are fired in God, submitting unto their husbands. And at first, in the beginning of my marriage, it confused me. I'm like, to be honest, I'm like, she know more than him. Like, what, what she know? Right. But it seemed like strange, right? Like, why would this woman who is so strong be submitted under someone? 
And then when God began to ignite his fire in me, what I realized was that if you are a person of fire, of true fire, you rush to submission. Why? Because fire uncontained inside of you, it feels as though you are about to combust at any moment. Yeah. If you have ever watched anything having to do with superheroes, we love superhero stuff in my family. If you ever watch anything having to do with superheroes, imagine someone on a superhero movie. They first get their powers. They're a teenager and they just get their powers, right? And, and, and they're, they're a flamethrower. They, they can produce fire out of themselves, right? We're going to stay with that fire analogy. So imagine they just start. They're sitting in their room and then one day you see the camera zoom in. One day fire springs up out of their hands. The first thing that they do is they don't go, oh, I got fire. I know exactly what to do with it. No, they freak out because the fire and the power that's in them, they have no idea how to manage it. They're it, it almost shakes them. So some people don't understand submission because the call that they have and that they're operating in is not a call from a God of fire. Mm -hmm. So they're not, they don't have anything that, that's, that, that to submit to. But let me tell you something. When you have fire in you and you know God has sent you unto something and you, he has sent you unto nations and he has sent you to be the deliverance for your family and he has sent you to set the captives free in his name for his glory and you have that fire in you, the first thing you do when you feel a flame spring up in you is you find someone else of fire to submit yourself under so they can teach you how to throw flames. Amen. That's why people don't get submission. That's why people don't get submission because they don't have enough fire to know that they need it. To know that they need that covering. To know that I need someone who's figured out how to use fire. I need someone so that I don't have to make the mistakes that they have made. I need someone who knows, who, who's burned up a few houses accidentally and figured out how to make it work. I need somebody that knows how to manage fire. That's why you see the most powerful women of God serving and submitting under their husbands and serving and submitting under their spiritual mothers. Why? Because they know this fire I have in me, if I don't put it under a covering, I'm going to burn everything in this house up. I need somebody of fire to know what you're connecting to when you're submitting. I need somebody of fire to know. Come on now. And then there's a double layer of a mystery in this. Because not only was Moses, this man who encountered fire, going to submit under his spiritual father. And Jethro actually was not just his father-in-law. He was his spiritual father, too. Because you see, when Moses pours out his spirit, it was Jethro who brought the correction. Now, mind you, Jethro brings that correction to Moses after Moses has already moved into the realm of operating as God. He's already moved into parting waters. He's already done all these miracles, all these plagues. And Jethro still said, what you're doing is evil inside of the Lord. He, even him. See, that's the thing. Some people think I'm so powerful. I don't need it. Moses, Moses, Moses is not too powerful. Moses who parted water is not too powerful for somebody to correct him. Yes. Moses who set the children of Israel free from Egypt. It's not too powerful for someone to come and give him, give him a wisdom. He's not too powerful to come down from the mountain in the face of God and say, I pray thee, I pray thee, let me go. Do what God told me to do. Yeah. Yet we think we are, and you have any, I'm sorry, you, have, you, you definitely have, you have part of, you part of some water? <laughs> what indication do you have? And here's the thing too, how about this? How about not even Moses? How about Jesus? How about Jesus, our Savior and our Lord, and his submission 
How does the God of the universe, man, the Bible says that Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. How does he go to John the Baptist and say, baptize me? How does he submit? Because it's important. And because if anybody had a fire that needed to be submitted, it was my God Almighty. So if God Almighty himself is practicing submission in his in his and his journey on this earth that he modeled for us to, to live by, if God himself is doing it, yeah. then that's why you yeah. see the powerful men of this house Come kneeling on. when they greet people. Come that's on. why you see people serving in this house. That's why, because this is a house of fire. Amen. This Hallelujah. is a house of fire. Hallelujah. And we don't want to blow everybody up too soon. <laughs> so thank God that the people in this house have submitted. Because my God, there would be flames everywhere. We're going to learn how to throw fire, make it directed, so we don't blow everybody up. So that is the first mystery of that submission. But then the second one that I saw, then God blessed me with this. He says in verse 18, he returned to Jethro's father-in-law and said unto him, Let me go, I pray thee, and return unto my brethren which are in Egypt, and see whether they be yet alive. And Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. Some of you are on your call, and it is the call of God. And it is the call of God. It, is what, it, it actually is what he's purposed you to do. And you're doing great. But every turn, you don't have peace. Every turn, you don't have the blessing of peace. You're trying to do the work of God, but there's too many starts and stops. And you're wondering, I know I'm powerful. I know I'm on fire. What she's saying makes sense. What's the thing that's not connecting? What's the thing that's not connecting? It's because you have not understood this principle of submission. When you have the blessing of a father, of a spiritual father, when you have that blessing, it makes your way peaceful. It makes your way peaceful mm -hmm. because you come under them and you come under the all of the things that they have dealt with, yeah. all of the problems that they've already faced, all of the victories they've already won. So there's issues that you're facing that you don't even need to face because you're not, you're not under anything. You don't understand the principle of submission. You don't understand that principle of submission. And, and, I, and, I, and I'm saying this, uh, I, I just... I pray you guys will let me be honest with you. It's okay if I be honest with you. Please. Yes. This is the reason why some intensely powerful people, even people that we know and love, and they are on, they love God. This is the reason why some of them, everything they do, it stops before it can even get started good. Yeah, yeah. It's because of this principle. And, and I just want to, because sometimes you got to chapter verse it for people. Mm -hmm. You know, um, sometimes you got to show somebody in the word. Um, exactly what you're talking about. Uh, so I'm just going to read to you and, uh, exactly what Paul says to his spiritual children. It's 1 Corinthians 4, verse 14 to 16. You can read it if you have it. 14 to 16? 1 Corinthians 4, 14 to 16. I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you. For though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers. 
For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me. Amen. It's okay to, to receive instruction, but Paul said, I'm your father. I begot you. Isn't that a, a fascinating concept that we can be begotten of Christ, mm -hmm. but also be begotten into the gospel yeah. of a man? I know that there's a, a, a power and a level that I've come to because of my spiritual father. Amen. I know Amen. that. And it, I'm evidence of it before you today. Amen. 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 So there it is right there. If Paul has spiritual children, that does not end. God does not change. He does not end that. If Moses had a spiritual father, that does not end. That does not change. And what it causes is it causes for you to go in peace. So I want someone to get ready to sow a seed. But I, I want you to know that there's ways to connect to a covering. Some of, the, some of the children of this house, they come and they serve and I watch them and I'm so thankful for their heart of service. And they find a way to, to serve uh, the work of God. They find a way to, to serve their spiritual parents. And then there's others that are all over the world and they're, you're looking, how do I connect? How do I connect that I can receive the grace on this word today? Well, I'm a contact point for you because I'm a child of this house. I'm a child of this, of this ministry and of this call of God and of this mission of God. And I'm telling you that a, the way, there's many ways to submit. One way is definitely to pray for us in this ministry. Yes. We're going to a new, extremely Hallelujah. new level. Please Amen. be in prayer for Papalo. He loves you guys so much. I'm telling you, he's like a good father. He's praying for you guys. He's, he's in, 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 the, in the mountain place with God for us. Amen. But Amen. there are ways to connect by praying for him. But then there's also a way to connect your faith to this word. Amen. And it's, an, it's a simple way. God says to prove him in this. You can prove him in this word in your life. Everything that had just stopped in your life, everything that was a stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, everything that, every way you were not going in peace, you can sow. I'm telling you, this Amen. is good ground to sow in. Amen. I'm Amen. telling you, this is good ground to sow in. I'm telling you that this is ground where there is breakthrough. I'm telling you that this is ground where blind eyes are open, where Amen. deaf ears are open. I'm telling you that this is good ground. Amen. So connect to this word. What a shame would it be to hear this delivering and mighty word of fire and have not connected and have not connected with this. Not all of us can be in the house from all over the world at, at one time doing the, doing the service of God in that way, but you can connect to this word. Yes. You can attach your faith to this word. Yes. You can watch God make your problems be completely annihilated Amen. through the power of that he has already put in your hand. Amen. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly far above what, he could, what you could ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. But if you want to unlock that power and if you know that that is a power that is a fire that is combustible and you want to be able to direct that, you want to be able to direct that fire to the right target and you want to have the peace as you do it, mm -hmm. I encourage you right now to grab your best seed, to grab your best seed and to connect into this ground. I'm saying grab your best seed. And I, I want you to grab a seed that has to do with five, but it needs to be something that means something to you. This is not a word that you can just toss anything at. This is a word that is the breakthrough, not just for you, but for everyone that you are called yeah. to, everyone that you are connected to. So I need you to take it seriously. 
Because the grace of God has abounded on you more and more and more and more. And you're going to go in and you're going to rescue the captives and you're going to do it in peace. And you're going to know who your God is. And that because your God is a God that does not fail, yes. he is with you, that your identity is secure in him and that he is the one who makes you capable in his hands as his workmanship. And you're going to do it in peace and you're going to do it with his grace. And whatever, the, the sea can be 500 million, 500, 500 million, 5 million, 500,000, whatever has to do with five, 555,000, whatever it is, 55,000. But put a seed that has to do, that, that, that you know this is good ground that you can sow into. So that all those things that have been traps and snares yeah. and things that have been slowing yeah, yeah. you on your journey, they can, they can be washed away under a grace and under a dispensation of fire. Yes. Amen? Amen. And then we're going to come back and pray. Sow your seeds. Hallelujah. Amen. Sow them prayerfully.
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I thank God that everything you need is in your hands because he's put it there and because he has created people of fire. I thank God that you have connected with this word. And I want you to grab your anointing oil for those that are um, at home. Grab your oil. And just like Moses had a rod in his hand, it was just the conduit of that power. But we have the power of God in our hands. And I want you to just Take it and just very simply, when you have your oil, say, I have it, I have it, I have it, I have it, I have it. Amen, amen. And we're going to make our hands a prophetic contact point as we speak over ourselves o kira basu shambrakure basu hede braku sendere bastu hede braku sedere bastu so your first prayer point thank you amen i see you have your oil amen amen your first prayer point as you rub the oil on your hands i want you to pray that your identity it be secure in christ that your identity be born out of the intimacy that you have with god that your identity not be birthed off of your emotions or the things that you see in this world or the things that you become close to in this world or the people who do not even hear or have insight with him. But I want you to pray. We're going to pray. And I want you to pray and, 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 and believe God in this word. Energize yourself. If you're at home and you're laying in the bed and it's late, sit up. Sit up and wake up because this is the time for everything to be reversed, everything to be taken care of, all those things that have been stalls in your call to be taken care of. Amen? Amen? So I want you to begin to pray. And I want you to pray that your identity will be born out of intimacy with God. That your identity, Lord, let my identity be born out of intimacy with you. Lord, let me know who I am based on who you are and my closeness with you. Lord God, let me walk closely with you. Hear your voice so I can know who I am and be secure in who I am and be secure in who I am. Begin to pray. Let my identity be born out of intimacy with you, God. Let me know who I am based on who you are. Let me know who I am based on who you are. Let my walk and my closeness with you birth who I am. Let my walk and my closeness with you tell me who I am. Lord God, wherever I have questioned my identity, I know that my identity is found in you. 
I know that my identity is found in you. I know that my identity is found in you. Pray, pray, pray. Those of you who are watching, pray, pray. It's time to reverse your mindset of who you are. Pray. It's time to tear down those strongholds you had about who you are. Pray. My identity is in you, Jesus. My identity is born out of intimacy with you. My identity is born out of intimacy with you. Pray, pray, pray. Some of you, there's been long, so many strongholds telling you who you are. Today, God is telling you who you are. So many, some of you, you have asked God, who am I? And he has told you today that you are with him. Let me know who I am based on who I'm with. And based on who I'm with, let me know who I am. Let me know who I am based on who I'm with. And based on who I'm with, let me know who I am. Pray. I see strongholds being broken. I see strongholds being broken. Pray. May my identity be solid in you. May I be, Lord God, assured of my identity. May I be assured of my identity in you. May I be close with you. May I walk closely with you. May I walk closely with you so that intimacy with you is able to birth identity in the mighty name of Jesus. The next thing you're going to ask God for, and I know he's going to give you, is you're going to ask God, God, may I walk with the God who is the source of solutions. May every issue and every problem that would come against me be completely and utterly annihilated because I walk with the God of solutions. May I be an answer. May I be an answer. May I be an answer. May I be an answer as I walk with the God of solutions. Begin to pray. Lord God, may I be an answer. May I be an answer to someone's problem today. May I be an answer to someone's issue today. May I be an answer, Lord God, as I walk with the God of solutions. May I become a solution myself. May I become a solution, yes. Lord God, as I walk with the God of solutions, may I become a solution. May I become a solution. May I be the one who walks with the God of solutions. Ebacu, Sarebasto, Ebacu, Sarebasto, Ebacu, Sarebasto, 
Every time I stretch forth my hand, may I carry solutions in my hand. Pray to your God, O Kirabasu. Pray to your God, O Kirabasu. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now you're going to ask the Lord to help you remember your spiritual heritage. Help you to remember that he has brought success to every person whose life he's been in. That just like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, just like the, the, the leader in this house, Lovi, Prophet Lovi, that, he, that every single person in your spiritual lineage has been successful. Help him, ask him to help you remember it and help you to know that you will be successful. That when the enemy tells you that you will fail, that you know that your God does not fail. Help him, ask him, begin to pray. Lord, help me to remember my spiritual lineage. Help me to know and remember, Lord God, and to have a memorial before you that you are the God that doesn't fail, that you are the God with a 100% success rate, that you are the God that does not fail, that you are the God that does not forsake us, that you are the God that does not forsake us. Help me remember my spiritual lineage in times of turmoil, in times of trouble, when it looks like it will not work out for my good. Help me to remember that you have never failed, that you have never failed, and that you will never fail, and that you will never fail. In the mighty name of Jesus. And they are acting as a God to send people. They're asking, they're acting as a God to send you in every which and way, every different direction. There's billboards on highways. There's things on television telling you what you should do. There's, there's timelines on, on Instagram. There's things that are being, you have been your God. And there's the voice and opinion of man that have kept you from your call, but no more, no more. So I want you to take to God every fear you would have of rejection or what others might say and that you will never, that you will never abandon the call. Ask him to give you the grace to never abandon the call for the words that others will say, for the rejection of man, to never be swayed by the rejection of man or the opinion of man. 
Ask God to fortify you in that and give you the grace to not be swayed. Begin to pray. God, help me to never be swayed by the opinion of man. Help me to never be swayed by the opinion of man. Help me to never be swayed from my path by the opinion of man. Help me to never fear my calling by the opinion of man. Help me to never, Lord God, dismantle my calling because of the opinion of man. In Jesus' mighty name. You know, people called me strange growing up. But I just thank God because they just qualified me to do strange miracles and strange things in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So I want you to ask God on this next prayer. And I want you to ask him knowing that he will do it. To make you a marvel in this world. To make you a marvel. That in your hands he will do signs and wonders so that people will come unto him. So that he will be glorified. Not because it's cool, not because it's, it's fun, but because of the purpose that he originally set. Because of oneness in Christ. Because they're going to need a, a marvel to bring them out of that darkness. What does the Bible say? It says that they, that they did not hearken to Moses for anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. There are some that are anguished in spirit and are in cruel bondage. And they're going to need you to come in with the mighty hand of God and be a marvel to them and be a sign to them that the God of fire still answers prayer. They're going to need you to be in your purpose and your call. They're going to need you to be a sign. So I want us to ask our Lord who made Moses into a sign, who made Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and even the spiritual father of this house, our prophet Lovi Aaliyah, into a marvel. A, a, a young man from Africa comes to this, this, and this country and becomes a marvel before men. I want you to ask God that you will have that grace as well, that you will be a marvel unto those that you are sent to in this earth for his glory, for his glory, for his glory. Begin to pray, Lord God, make me a marvel. Make me a marvel, Lord God. Lord God, I thank you that I have been rejected because that has qualified me to be a marvel. I thank you, God, that they did not believe me because that has qualified me to be a marvel. Make me a marvel for your glory. Lord God, make me a sign of your power. Make me a contact point in this earth for your power to be conducted. Make me a conduit of your power in this earth. Make me a conduit of your power in this earth. Make me a marvel. Make me a marvel. Make me a wonderful marvel. Lord God, you said I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. Pray. Pray. 
I know that everything you make is made perfectly. You got to understand that when God crafted you, he doesn't only craft you by forming you, but he forms you even more through the situations in your life. He forms you even more continually through the situations in your life. He crafted your body in his hands. And he breathed his spirit into that body. And in that reaction, as Papa Lo has taught us, that was where the soul was birthed from. And that soul, that soul is formed by every experience. The reason why Moses was able to go on that call was because every experience in his life had prepared him for it. It had shaped him for it. And he had been formed by it. Not only did God make him and form him in the beginning, but throughout the course of his life, God continued to form him and mold him and craft him. The craftsman continues to perfect his work. He continues to perfect his work and bring it into the fullness of perfection. That's why Moses was in Pharaoh's house growing up, because he needed to know how to get in the house. He needed to know what the magicians were able to do. He needed to be brought up in that place. And some of you have been in situations and had a life that has seemed difficult and that you have thought you were in a curse for. And as Papa Lewis said, you have not been cursed. You've been being crafted for the call that is specific that is specific to you and what God has you to do. His craftsmanship is ever flowing, ever flowing. So I want you to begin to say, God, and that you ask God to make you confident in that craftsmanship. Ask God to make you confident that his craftsmanship, that every single experience, every single experience in your life, the mama you had, the daddy you had, the siblings you had, the, the things you've gone through in life, that every single thing in those experiences, that they have formed you for his glory and that they are working out for good. Ask him to make you more confident in his craftsmanship than you are in anything else, in any craftsmanship of man. And anything you could do of your own, that you know that he is a perfect craftsman and that he will never stop crafting you until perfection. Make me confident of your craftsmanship, God. Begin to pray. Make me confident of your craftsmanship. Make me confident of your craftsmanship, God. Make my confidence in your craftsmanship increase, Lord. Help me to be confident, Lord God, in your craftsmanship. Help me to be confident, Lord God, in your creation of me and in your Of your hands to know that I am a queen. 
me to know that I can speak because you made my mouth, to know that I can hear you because you designed my ears to hear you. To know that there are no recalls in God, that you do not make mistakes, that you do not make mistakes. Make me confident of your craftsmanship, God. Make me confident that my personality that was crafted by you and that you will use every part of me that you have formed for your glory. Every part of me that was rejected. Every part of me that I did not think was good enough. Every part of me that I did not think could handle the call. That you made it. And because you made it, I am confident in it. I am confident that your work is good. I am confident that you created me to good works. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. And then when it's all said and done, we need grace to carry it out. We need grace to carry it out because at times it can be heavy. At times it can be heavy, especially on our spiritual father. I think about the calling of his life, and I think about how he had to pour out this dispensation of his spirit to receive a new one, and how he has to go deeper and deeper in God, and I see how he has to travail, how he has to travail in prayer and strive in prayer. So I'm here to encourage you. I know that at times the call has felt heavy, and you've heard these words said before in different ways, and it still felt heavy. And you felt like giving up, but I'm here to tell you, God tonight is going to give you the grace to not reject the call. We're going to ask him. We're going to ask him for the grace to not reject the call. The grace to keep in mind that the call is out of the realm of ourselves and that there's others attached to it. To give us the grace for their sakes that they can know that they can know this intimacy with God that we have come to know in this house. Amen. So I want you to pray and ask God, God, no matter how difficult it may seem, no, how, no matter how many plagues you've already done to bring forth your power, no matter how many times it's already seemed like it's not going to work, give me the grace to not reject the call. Give me the grace. Some of your calls are great. They are great calls, and God's going to do a mighty work. You just need grace to keep pushing, to not grow weary. So ask God now for the grace to not grow weary and to not reject the call. Begin to pray. Lord, give me the grace. Give me the grace to not reject the call. Give me the grace to not reject the call. Give me the grace to not stop mid-mission. Give me the grace to not stop mid-mission. Give me the grace to not reject the call. Give me the grace to not look at my situation, but to look at you and to know that you are the solution and to not give up. God, give me the grace to be mindful of purpose and to be mindful, Lord God, of the work that you're doing in me and to be mindful, Lord God, of those who are attached to this great promise you have put on my life, that you have put this great promise on my life. May I be mindful of them. May I be mindful of the ones, Lord God, that were going to slip and fall. And may I go into them with urgency, Lord, to bring them out of darkness and to show them that there is a way, where there is light, that there is light, that there is light. Oh, 
who that by suit. Now I'm not going to be in the middle of the call. Give me the grace, God. Give me the grace to continue. Give me the grace to continue. Give me the grace to continue. Hallelujah. And God said that I have made you a God unto Pharaoh. For this final prayer point, anybody who has trouble digesting this, you don't have to say Moses was a God. You can just say God said Moses was a God if you, if you need help. But ask God to make you a representative of him. A representative of him to every problem that you would face, to everything that you would be sent to. Ask God, make me a representative of you, that I will have your power, your raw grace, your raw power conducted through me, Lord Jesus, that I will have your power conducted through me to annihilate that situation. Some of these problems, you can't go in your humanity. You've got to be more than, you've got to go with the power of God. You've got to go with the power of God. So I want us to pray, Lord God, make me a representative of you to every Pharaoh in my life. Begin to pray, Lord God, make me a representative of you to every Pharaoh in my life every God-sized obstacle that needs God-sized power to tear it down. Make me a representative and give me the grace to conduct that power. Give me the grace to pour out your power in that situation. Give me the grace that when I come to that situation, I am a God to that situation and that I can send it wherever I choose. That I can send it fleeing from me in seven directions. That I can send it to the pit. Just as you are God that sends forth out of your mouth. I thank you God that I will be one that sends forth my problem. I will be one that sends forth solutions. I will be one that sends my problem to the pit and sends my solution to the people. I will be one that sends my problem to the pit and sends solutions to the people. Make me Thank God for the works 
that he's the work that he's done in us tonight. Amen. I thank God because I know all of you that are watching, each of you have a call on your life that is specific to you. And I'm excited that you've just been re-energized, reignited. Your flame has just been reignited to go forth on that call and on that mandate. I'm excited that you understand now why you submitted, that you understand now that you're a person of fire and that that fire needs a covering and that you need a training on how to use it. I understand, I'm so grateful now that you know that whatever is, uh, uh, can send you is a God to you and that you've become a God to your problem. So that means that you can send it to the pit as you speak. That you, become, that you become a carrier of solutions so you can send forth solutions into every area you occupy. I'm so grateful. And I'm so grateful for our spiritual father in this house. And you know, as I was getting ready to come up, the Lord began to show me that we need to pray more for our spiritual father. That what he is stepping into, some of us don't, it's hard to have the understanding of it because it's a level that we haven't gone to yet. But he began to show me we need to pray all the more all the more and when when someone says pray all the more we can't we can't always so be quick to say um when I say this in love we can't always be so quick to say I've been praying we have to be quick to say okay Lord if they're asking if they're saying pray all the more if you're saying pray all the more then teach me how to pray more correctly for this man of God and this woman of God that are leading in this house because God showed me he was like there is a way to pray, and I wasn't, I wasn't going to say this, and I wasn't going to um, go into this, but I, I feel the Spirit of the Lord telling me that there are many of us who have been praying, and, I, and we love the spiritual father of this house, but God showed me, he began to help me search, just, just even down in the prayer room, just began to search the text for what type of prayer this type of call necessitates so that we can pray with direction so that we can pray with the right instruction, so that we can pray correctly according to what is actually needed. And I want you to write these scriptures down in your notes so that you can have them to study in your own time. These are some prayer points that you can go into your prayer time when you're praying for the man of God of this house. Paul had a great call in his life and he asked for prayer. He asked for prayer, and our Papa has actually specifically asked for prayer in this time. Last week he came over here and said, I need you to pray for me. I need you to pray for me. And when Paul asked for prayer in 2 Thessalonians 3, 1 through 2, he says, he asked for prayer that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified, that it may spread quickly and without boundary. Pray that our prophet, that the word of God may spread through him quickly and without boundary, that it, that it, may, that it may have free course, that it, may run, that it may spread quickly, that the word of God will be accomplished in this world. And he also asked for prayer, Paul in 2 Thessalonians, he asked for prayer that he would be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. 
You know, there are people that are trying to, that, that believe, try, trying to curse or trying to, to destroy and trying to speak lies into this, this ministry because it is the work of God. So pray for our spiritual parents, for our papa, for our mama, that they will be delivered from that. That those things, that those men, that those people that, have, that will try to, that, that do not have faith. Not everybody has faith. And they will try to tear down your faith. They will try to tear it down. Pray that they will be delivered from that. Amen. And in Colossians 4, 2 through 4, it's another scripture in your prayer time. I want you to be praying for our Papa. Paul asked that, God, that we would pray for him, and we're going to pray for our Papa this in our time, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ. He said, pray that God would open up a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which he is in bonds, that he might make it manifest as he ought to speak. He's in bonds unto God for us, for our glory. The Bible says that, they, that our leaders, they travail for our glory. So it's gonna produce something in us. So pray specifically that, that, that he will be able to make manifest all the mysteries that God unfolds to him. Pray that he will be able to speak it clearly. Romans 15, 30 through 32. And that's this, this is the last one that I want you to end your prayer time as you're praying and as you're lifting up the man of God in this house and the woman of God of this house. I want you to pray. He says, strive in prayer with him. He doesn't, he was at, Paul was asking, don't make it a passing thing. He says, I'm striving in prayer. Strive in prayer with me. Strive in prayer with him. That he will have deliverance from unbelievers and that his service will be accepted by the saints. That the word, that the word that, this, that God has put in our Papa to speak in this generation, that it will be accepted by the children of God. So many of them have no have no idea about some of the levels of revelation that Papa is teaching about. And it's hard for them to accept it. It's hard, but they're, they're children of God and they're the saints and God wants them to be able to hear this word that you know has changed your life. So pray, pray that it, this word will be accepted by the saints. And he also asked, pray that he may come unto us with joy by the will of God. That as he returns unto us, as he comes down from the mountain to bring us up higher to the places he's been, that he will, it will be in joy. That it will be in joy, that he will have full joy. That God will bring him a joy from his presence. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Yes, he will be strengthened, but may he be strengthened in joy. May he be strengthened in the joy of the Lord. And that verse also says, and that he said and pray that and I may be with you refreshed, that he will be refreshed. Every week he comes here and he refreshes us. I'm talking seven years straight, every week, and then multiple times a week, and then more and more and more talk, pouring into us, which, which that refreshing that came. But Paul was asking that, to pray that I will be refreshed with you. So pray that we won't only be the, the only partakers of that refreshment, but they will be refreshed as well. Amen? Amen. Amen. I thank God for, I thank God for my spiritual father. I thank God for the children of this house, the children of fire, the children who have been purposed in their call today and that have, have, have gotten received clarity from you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for our spiritual father, Lord God, and that, that the, that the, that he will be refreshed in this time, that he will have joy in this time. 
and that we will be able to pray specifically to encourage him and to lift him up. Thank you, Jesus, for this work you have done. And thank you, God, that tonight you have made me even a representative that you will make men into marvels. In Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' mighty name, I bless you with the blessing that my spiritual father has put upon me and with the blessing of my Lord Jesus. And I thank God for the peace that you will go in as you complete his call and his mandate for your life, for his glory, to bring all those that are attached to you and your purpose unto oneness in him. In Jesus' mighty name, shalom, shalom. Thank you.